Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Flintlocks and Fireballs, where a handful of mad actors will attempt to survive the treacherous waters of Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Jason Phelps, and I am joined, as ever, by Robbie, or Derves Bellicom, Sam, Horse Doves, Burns, <laughs> and Ellie, Equestrian Appetizers, Sparrow. Yay! What are equestrian appetizers? Are we eating horse? Are we feeding the horses? We're Is it high protein so we can be jockeys? Well, no. yours, was, yours was the darkest one. Cannibalistic horses? This I mean, is we, why you're the DM. We sometimes do it to cows, and that's how you get BSE. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is mad cow disease, which was a big thing when I was a child. Does, we, yeah. we, were all of you. T- I remember, yeah, I remember it. I remember It's the reason why most biscuits are vegetarian now. Yeah. Is it? They used to put beef shortening in a lot of them. Oh. I did not know that. No, me neither. Yeah. Huh. Learning with They the stopped doing files. it when the UBSE scandal happened. I remember that the turn of the millennium, uh, the late 1990s and the turn of the millenniums seemed to involve a lot of scandals for British beef. Mm. For yeah. BSE, foot and mouth disease. Yeah, weirdly that I'm too young to remember BSE. in general. But I'm old enough to remember foot and mouth, so that's remember, clearly a generational yeah, divide in this. It's like that weird half generation between yeah. us. Uh, I def- yeah, I remember seeing newspapers with pictures of just stacks of burning cattle. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that happening, and yeah. I remember not understanding why because I was too young. I was just very confused by the whole thing. Flintlocks yeah. and fireballs, nostalgic reminiscence <laughs> of, of various <laughs> agricultural diseases and mass mm. cullings. We're a yeah. Napoleonic podcast with. Sugar-fueled non-binary tieflings, cow scandals, <laughs> <laughs> and rum-fueled regret. Speaking, <laughs> oh, mostly remember it from the archers because we had too much Radio Four on in oh. my childhood. Oh no! <laughs> Speaking of regrets, it's that time when we cast our minds forward <laughs> and our ears and ask, "Future us, have you any cow-related messages from the present?" <laughs> yes, I do. Or indeed, yes, I murr. Did you know that Stilton, like all blue cheeses, gets its veins from the penicillium bacterium? It can only be made with milk from cows that have been grazed exclusively on the grass in Derbyshire, Leicestershire and Nottinghamshire. Oddly enough, the village of Stilton is not actually in any of those three counties. It's Future Jason, with bizarre cow-related trivia from the present. Listen up for a spot from our friends over at Kids on Bikes during the break this episode. September the 8th is your last chance to catch Witch at the Boscastle Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. Sam stars in this tale of 16th century guilt and suspicion against the backdrop of the witch trials of the time. Book online at circleofspears.com or direct at the museum for your tickets. Ellie is guesting on a panel at Podcast Maker Weekend on Saturday, 14th September. As you may have guessed from the name, Podcast Maker Weekend is a diverse series of podcasting making workshops that run alongside the London Podcast Festival, focusing on the art, craft, tech, business, and politics of podcasting. The weekend takes place at King's Place, a music and arts venue just across the street from King's Cross Station, London. Along with Maximilian John from Pax Fortuna and The Infinite Bad, Ellie will be hosting a panel on creating actual play podcasts, discussing how this all got started, and tips on starting your own. The panel runs between noon and 1pm at The Battle Bridge. <clears throat> the Battle Bridge Room. 
And tickets will be £8.50 per person. You can book online at podcastmakerweekend.com. And that's it for announcements this time. Back to Moo, past Jason. <laughs> I really, really wanted somebody to moo. Moo. I can't moo the way you can. Was that alright, or was that just me? That was pretty me? good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. A new skill. <laughs> Put it on my spotlight. Voice <laughs> 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 <Boys do>, quality. Voice <laughs> quality. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> Other other languages and skills. Bovine. Um, slightly shit cow impression. <laughs> Sam, on the other hand, can put excellent cow impression because that legit what? is the best thing in the world. <laughs> well, having studied them, that's like the best I can do is a calf. Um, humans don't have the resonance that adult cows do. I love that you know that. That's adorable. Well, <laughs> so, welcome, sir and or madam. How how are you at lowing? <laughs> Oh god, I just realised that the spotlight reference is actually really like not something really that most niche. people will get. You won't understand that unless you're an English actor. It's an English acting directory thing that you put yeah. your yeah. on. Boom. Wow. So, full disclosure, guys. I just come back from LARPing and I'm really tired. <laughs> so I'm a, a little bit weird loopy. today. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, on that cheerful, cheerful note, it's time for us to start Flintlocks and Fireballs. Our land stands on the saber's edge. Our cities are a powder keg. Brother chains, brother, no one's free. A life on land is short, you'll see. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No kraken storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear. Previously on Flintlocks and Fireball. The party have headed to the city of Vondion, capital of the Royalist Alliance, currently opposing the National Assembly of Seoul and their claims towards legitimate government. Ostensibly siding with King uh, Leon XIII, Sulois, the currently uh, perhaps mildly disgraced King of Saul, as he was caught red-handed attempting to flee the country uh, hmm. and gain support from neighbouring Thrym, the uh, party have been sent to negotiate a ceasefire or perhaps an end to the conflict. They have been, they have managed to successfully smuggle themselves past the front lines into the city, where they have made contact with some contacts within the city, a couple of new faces, and learning that there may indeed be a couple of old faces unexpectedly in town as well. And a couple more who are just out-and-out members of Celestia's family. Hmm. So. Hmm. Uh, fine, what? <laughs> the party have ma begun making preparations 
for their negotiations in the evening. First, a meeting with the heads of the clergy. Then, dinner with the head of the army. And finally, a, a formal court with the Duchess uh, Lucetta du Vond, Duchess of Vendion. However, it is a meeting in which there is every expectation of Lady Quelena being in uh, residence. So, as the three of you exit the Mad Marquis, uh, an inn that was also the former townhouse of a uh, somewhat insane and murderous Marquis, uh, you have a few hours to kill. In fact, you have, I believe, four and a half hours to kill, as it is now so approximately <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon. You, need, uh, you may wish to make uh, preparations for proper dress, in whatever manner you feel is appropriate, as well as other preparations uh, to take care of members of your family before your first meeting at 7.30 in the inner city upper-class dining house and restaurant, The Brisket, which also maintains a penthouse with a familiar figure residing within. What do you do? We really need to sort out Quilena, don't we? And we need to say hi to the sculptors, so that's probably yeah. the best place to go. Yeah. We be, uh, it, it's going to look yeah. bad if we just pretend that we're here for him and then make no contact. Yeah. True. We should um, we should do that. But we we're really... still going to have to go and get uh, proper closing for this meeting, aren't we? Yes, yeah, we do. But um... that's, I'd say maybe that's not the priority. That's not as time sensitive. Yeah, I think that can All happen right, let's go while. And see the sculpture, then. Yeah, I think that can happen while he's doing stuff to the avant-garde. Also, a thought that I had: we really can't be seen to be doing crime in this city. No. If he has well, jobs for anything. us that he wants us to do elsewhere, well, I mean, in exchange for doing something with the avant-garde, he might want us to do a job. We can't do one here while we're being ambassadors. No. All right. Well, we can only make that uh, as plain to him as we can and see what he says. Yeah. I'm happy to do one somewhere else. I don't give a shit, but but here it's it's going to look very bad. Yeah, it's going to look like we've nicked Savat's letter from the actual ambassadors if we do crimes. Yeah, we don't want to do anything that could uh, jeopardise the, yeah. uh, the negotiations. Well, exactly. But even if they might think we're, that it is ours and it's, that this is the kind of people that the Assembly's working with, that's, that's not what we want. No. No, quite. So, sculptor first? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Terrified of him as well. Um, today's scary. Yeah. We at least have favor with him, and he's not openly hostile to us. No. Unlike everyone else. Yep. I mean, this <laughs> is the least scary meeting of today, and it's with a terrifying snake man who turns people to stone. Um, so... Fuck. Terrifying snake man who turns people to stone who somehow we managed to have got on the good side of. Very true. Right. Uh, we should we should go and see him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's do that. All right. All right. The the location that you're aware of is in fact the brisket. Uh, yeah, but it's hours early. We're not true. Running. True. <laughs> so <laughs> you uh, so you uh, okay. Uh, so you are currently in the west end of Vondion. You'll need to head towards the centre of the city. I will make a note uh, for you, should it affect your travel plans, that it will only be uh, that uh, the uh, that Bishop uh, Jean-Luc Sucreline's townhouse is also in the West End, a few streets away. I did just have a thought. Go on. Will you two be let into the brisket to see the sculpture if you're not wearing fancy things? <sighs> I don't know. Mm. Should we stop off and just make I just, it quick? If, if it's on the way anywhere, I feel like we're going to waste more time if you're not let in and yeah, we have to back and right. forth. You well, know? let's do it quick then. Yeah. Okay. You make your way uh, then a few streets uh, on a bit of a diversion to a large uh, uh, to a fairly tall if somewhat slender uh, pink stoned townhouse with uh, which is done in the classic Sulian style with wide windows and shutters that open onto the outside uh, there are little decorative motifs including shutter pins uh, carved into the shape of small uh, cheerful uh, looking people and uh, very wide skylights on the rooftops. Uh, you can see that there is a nice uh, front do- black painted front door with a uh, very elaborate sort of stone portico. And there is also a small, less, smaller, less impressive door uh, round the back of the terrace, uh, which is the servant's entrance. Well, he's not short of a copper, is he? No. Mm. Servant's entrance? Yeah. Like that, yeah, didn't he? right, doesn't it? Okay. It will also draw less attention mm. to him. You head round the back, uh, knock on the door, and after a few moments, the door opens, and you can see the form of a uh, rather short female halfling. In fact, the only half thing you've ever actually seen that is as short as Corzin. I like that she's still not short, that's so good. <laughs> uh, she looks to be fairly elderly, has her hair tied back in a tight grey bun, and is wearing the grey clothes of a professional valet. Uh, she squints up, uh, up at you. What are you? She says in a uh, very thickly uh, Sulian-accented halfling dialect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corson takes it uh, and uh, says, "This might seem a little bit uh, unlikely, but we have um, we were told to come here by uh, the bishop. He said that you might be able to um, help us uh, into some uh, some more appropriate." Closing for a rather prestigious meeting. She squints her eyes, looks you up and down. I mean, their eyes are already squinting, so they almost go <laughs> shut. <laughs> uh, so, no. Ah, this sounds not surprise me. 
And she just grabs you by the shoulders and drags you into the uh, into the kitchen because it's a halfling kitchen. <laughs> all, all the counters are very low. Hmm. So she just got like narrowed eyes, not understanding a single. Cause and smiles, <laughs> nods, and then turns around to the others and mouths. I have no idea what she's saying. <laughs> Oh no! Well, that makes three of us. Um. She she plops you down onto a uh, uh, onto a little stool, puts her hands on her hips, frowns, shakes her uh, frowns at you, shakes her head. Uh, you hear her. I say to her, I know he's a state, isn't he? <laughs> shakes her head. You, you hear her mutter. Ah, clearly not been feeling you enough. Ah, but I need to put your bonds. And uh, begins just <laughs> opening up the larder, gets out two loaves of bread, a stack of cheeses, just starts l- just pof- putting them into your hand. Okay, is it like um, uh, a baguette? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's two baguettes, two baguettes, just like a whole kind of round soft cheese. Okay. Is she angry with no, us? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I whisper... <laughs> Do angry people usually give other people food? Is that like a halfling custom? Like if you're no, I, I think you that throw cheese. At I, people? I think she's concerned that I'm um, undernourished. But I'll have you know, this is a sailor's physique. And she get, get, get passes you just a, a, a small jar of pickled beets as well. I'm obsessed with her. Like I love her so much. Isn't there supposed to be a food shortage on at the moment? <laughs> You can see that um, not in this house. <laughs> you can see that the larder is not the larder is not absolutely overflowing, and there is there are a certain amount. But presumably, she's either taken a shining to you, or it's hard to tell. She, this this is a very you would say that she must be in her late hundred and twenties. Okay, Corson <laughs> breaks the bread and cheese into three and hands um, uh, Scamp and Celestia a piece. Yeah. The yeah, valet. Fuck it, I'm not going to be able to eat anything at dinner, so <laughs> might as well. The valet uh, uh, to- uh, potters away up some stairs and leaves you alone for a minute. What the fuck just happened? Why am I sat here with a loaf of bread in my hand? How did we get no idea. All of the furniture is halfling size. It's um. I <laughs> hilariously sit down on a small stool. Yeah, with your, my your knees, knees... Like up by my ears. <laughs> I'm going to start casting comprehend it's language. General uh, halfling tradition. <laughs> It's it's hospitality. Uh, before you I mean, can, it's very nice. <laughs> before you can actually finish casting comprehend languages, um, you see the uh, valet return about six minutes later. So you're still kind of sketching into your book. Oops. <laughs> uh, and she has a set of pressed, uh, neat clothing uh, to slightly large for Corzin, but it will just about fit, and it's uh, pretty much very similar to what you saw uh, Jean-Luc wearing, presumably because that's his clothes. Uh, so yeah, he, he's basically she's basically got you a green and brown uh, set, or uh, so there's like a, a slightly off-white shirt, a uh, green on the front, brown on the back waistcoat, a green cravat, and a set of dull green culottes, as well as some buckled shoes. Would it help if I just, you know, stuffed a pillow down my shirt or something? Well, you just look like you were with child. 
That might she give the wrong impression, uh, mightn't it? Her, she yeah. mutters to herself, I don't know anything about does. And she gets out a series, she gets out what looks like a stuffed hedgehog. It's it's not. It's a little pincushion that has been sewn into the shape of a hedgehog. Uh, and Aww. then takes a series, takes pins and starts pinning up the cuffs and the sh- uh, uh, and the leg uh, 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 and adjusting the length of the culotte. And just pretty much just strips you, just starts taking clothes off you as well. I sit in the corner and eat my cheese and giggle. <laughs> like she stops at the lot. She stops short of removing your long johns, but does roll them up to the knees. Corzin goes crimson <laughs> and just starts pulling on a set of stockings onto you. The the culottes. I'm going to tell Molly that another woman undressed you. I'm going to tell her when I next send her. <laughs> Are you all right? Do you need assistance? I think it's best just to let. Me... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when the work, when it's all done, uh, she uh, she kind of finishes tying the cravat, looks back, puts her hands on her hips again, frowns, nods to herself, spits into a spittoon uh, in the huh. corner, which goes bing. That was impressive. Could ah! you press these robes, please? She squints at them, looks forward, sniffs them. Ah! It smells like some sort of rancid. She just grabs them off you, shakes, mutters, and begins <laughs> stop uh, 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 and trumps back up the little stairs. What is happening? It's one of the yeah. birds. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this? I'm not even it's, sure. It's animal. One. It's clearly animal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a little bit of Swedish it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's getting more with every sentence as well and it's perfect I love it so she's maybe one of my favourite NPCs I've been talking to her for about it's five minutes it's starting to remind me of the time I, 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 uh, time when reading Harry Potter I tried to give voices to Ludo Bagman and they got in, and they just kept uh, adding speech yeah. impediments Again, three minutes later, before you can finish the, 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 the scribbling of comprehend languages, she returns down with your with your robes neatly pressed and shoves them into your hands. Thank you. Is this just like a room where I can get changed? She gestures to the pantry. I'm going to go do that. You have to kind of hunch over in the pantry while... <laughs> While you're doing it, but then you can just you know, there's there's sort of awkwardness of trying to do it amongst the cupboards, uh, amongst the shelves. You hear it? Ow! Fuck! I am sorry. I don't think we caught your name. She's squints. <laughs> <laughs> squints for a moment. It's Letitia. Letitia, right? Uh, thank you very much. Hi, it's Letitia. Um, Corson pleased to meet you. I'm. Yes, uh, this is most kind of you. <laughs> Ow, shit, balls. I bang my head on the door frame as I'm coming she back out. She breaks up. She, she takes the uh, the baguette, uh, the remaining baguette and cheese from you, Scamp, slices the baguette open, slathers cheese on it, adds a li- some tiny bits of uh, shaved ham. You can see there's not much left. Uh, it's the it's old cured stuff and forces it takes the book out of your hand puts it in uh, puts the baguette into yours and sort of sit and just watch it glares at you as if expecting you to finish your food i, I think you'd better eat that okay. if i if, if i were you 
I pick yeah. up the remains of my baguette, which I left to get changed, and just start <laughs> eating it. She Thank glares you. meaningfully at the at the at the pickled beets. Okay. Do I, do I have to? Okay. <laughs> Eat your food. <laughs> we need to go. I remember Molly giving little cousin a look like that when he wouldn't eat his greens. Uh, These aren't green. <laughs> and be thankful. <laughs> you do need to eat something that isn't sweet. She's quite right. <laughs> she f- she turn snaps her head over to you. You mean to tell me it's beneath all the sweats? This child has been on here in the sweats? Take the beats, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shakes her. Uh, I'm gonna sh- fill my mouth with as many boots as will fit. Shakes head, storms over and prods uh, uh, Corzin in the chest. You should be taking a bit of girls, John. We're doing the best we can. <laughs> when you, uh, the moment Celestia emerges, she opens the door. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? She's Good- just gesturing Goodbye. at the door. Goodbye. Oh, this this was an experience. <laughs> Thank you and she, she bye. Starts shoving you, <laughs> just, just sort of a sort of elderly woman oh handling God. you out of the doors. Actually, it's mostly pushing me in the back yeah. of the knees as well. Yeah, isn't it? it's like, like, Thank you very much indeed for your hospitality. We're most of the to you. Ow! I bang my head on the way out. <laughs> huh. That what? Did that just well, that happen? Has... Yeah. Are you sure we weren't in the There's none so strange as folk, or no. so they say. I've got three fucking bumps on my head. Fuck you, people are tiny. I, I'm not going to dignify yeah. that. But in in any case, um, and uh, did did Corzin get a um, any other kind of um, uh, headwear, or is it is his hair just um, uh, flowing free at the moment? Uh, flowing free, but. Patting the waistcoat, you do find there is a green ribbon. Right, in yeah, there. he will go and <laughs> like rather roughly tie it up. You see, there's you know, uh, there's there's also a small yeah, comb. Um, causing <laughs> causing come here. That look that looks like I, shit. I, oh. <laughs> give, give me your hair. Let me sort it out for you. I put it into like a warrior I, tail. Ow! Yeah. ow. Oh. Yeah, just stop fucking complaining. Come on. <laughs> I do a burn. There you go. Thank you. No. <laughs> And, like he's he's doing that thing where it's sort of like his um the tail is sort of whipping around and catching his um his peripheral vision, so he's like, oh, oh no no that's right. You look adorable, fancy. Mm. <laughs> My hair needs cutting again. I could do it for you if you like. No, I can't promise it'll be any good. But no, Corzin will do it. Corzin's right. good at it. He's Causin a doctor. actually is alright. Yeah. Mine could do with doing, to be honest. It's getting oh. huge. Uh, let's hope I haven't <laughs> lost my touch then. But um, I mean, we're kind of on the clock here, so maybe. Yeah. Yes, we should stop talking another about time. Mm. You, uh. you continue walking away on. As you make your way from the west, uh, from the very increasingly more middle-class West End, you head towards the inner city, that section within the inner walls that lead up higher and higher towards the castle that surmounts the hill 
by the river that um, <clears throat> that Vomdion is built upon. You can actually see where it's some, and you could see it from the distance, but it's much clearer here. At some distant point, the side of the hill was was carved away, either by some, presumably by some monumental feat of engineering, into just a straight dead drop down to the water level. Uh, which the uh, which the castle rises up on the side of. Mm -hmm. You can see how uh, it has been designed to be pretty bloomin' difficult to assault. The uh, walls are arranged in such a way that it's very easy to fire down on the next set of walls should they be taken. Whether <clears throat> whether this uh, design would be as effective with modern artillery has never been tested no. as far as you're aware but it may yet be oh, I he's doing a look hmm. you can also see that uh, the castle like all Joven castles uh, does not have an open roof with uh, crenellations but rather a reinforced stone dome with archer towers to protect against uh, aerial assault Mm. The walls, of course, also have re uh, frequent archer towers uh, for the same purposes. Mm. So, oh, yeah, slightly off the subject, but I'm just going to state for clothing reasons, because that's important today, yes. I'm wearing the fancier outfit, so the second one with all white boots and that, but Sam's codpiece, okay. because I'm an ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you do I have probably your shouldn't. reversible purple and white coat. Yep. Yeah, purple that side is out. Thing. Uh, yeah, purple side out. Purple side out. Come I off. still look like me. I'm just not oh, yeah. wearing the codpiece and Lord. the arrow top and yeah, yeah. all that. <laughs> Get it here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I've still got my note on exactly what you're doing. Yep. So white leather boots, gloves, and leggings. <laughs> the chest um, plate. I think it's yeah. I think it's yeah. Purple leggings and purple. Uh, purple gloves. leggings, purple boots. And uh, then it's that sort of long white waistcoaty thing. Yes, long silver tunic with long silver sleeves. Over the tunic is a knee-length purple coat with an elbow-length sleeves and long silver highlights running down all its length. The silver tunic is hemmed with a match with matching purple and includes a V-shaped purple neckline terminating in a downward. Ah, so the shirt's white and the waistcoaty thing is purple. Yes. Awesome. Fun. <clears throat> yes. New <laughs> writing down those costumes would come in use at some point. Mm. So, you make as you make your way. Through the inner gate, uh, you're all reasonably well dressed, or at least fancily dressed. And while your gaze, while your clothing certainly does attract a few eyes from the well dressed, from the better dressed inhabitants of the inner city, you are not stopped by the soldiers, who <laughs> just seem bemused. But well, they they do seem like they're probably supposed to be here. Definitely a few follow you with their eyes, but it uh, doesn't take too long before you find your way to the brisket. Not too far from the castle and the palace, uh, you find yourselves at what appears to have once been an inner city mansion, now converted to a wide sort of open, uh, a wide area with uh, initially this sort of an open gallery to it, uh, with classic stone pillars painted uh, 
with a with actually a floral design paint and a series of kind of cafe style tables set out for diners uh you can see there is a, there is access to an open inner restaurant with uh, wide open glass windows showing those uh, showing the various tables within as well as booths and deeper within private uh, uh, private chambers as you come towards the entrance a a half elf uh, lady with a kind of a sepia brown skin, curled dark hair and tawny yellow eyes, approaches wearing the uh, wearing a dark sort of navy blue waistcoat, cream uh, shirt, and matching culottes and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stockings. She approaches you, and there's just sort of an air of refinement about her. Good afternoon. I am Salir, the maitre d' of the brisket. I, you, I, I, do you have a reservation? Um, no, we don't until later. Um, we're here to potentially see a friend. I believe he's staying in the penthouse. I knock about with the sculpture. She doesn't seem to show any recognition of the sculptor. Yes. Very well. I, w- I will arrange for a message to be delivered. Who should I say is calling? Um, Celestia Stardust, Causing Jorge's and Scamp. Please. Celestia Stardust, Causing Jorge's and Scamp. She looks between the three of you. Uh, quick question. Scamp, I realise I didn't ask this. I know you're wearing the robe. Or have you worn the beard? Not the beard, but I am wearing the cloak with yeah. the hood up. Yeah, so you're pretty uh, indistinct. Especially with that cloak. Mm. Yes. But she does uh, take a note of each of you. Nods. Very well. Uh, gestures to a cushioned bench. If you would uh, please mind waiting. Thank you very much. And uh, in fact, if you'd prefer, you can also purchase some drinks at the bar. She gestures to a bar with a barman behind. And I'll return shortly. Thank you. She smoothly glides away. Causen sort of sits down awkwardly, trying desperately not to break the seams of his culottes. No wonder they have so many wars. These things are ridiculous. (laughs) You look lovely. Is there a correlation between uncomfortable clothes and war? Well, I'd be rather uh, annoyed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if my trousers are uncomfortable, I start wars. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Every time, just ah, better start a war. My ass is not covered properly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's not uncomfortable for you. <laughs> you have a point. We are at least a century too early for assless chaps, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Celestia, fucking Stardust, nice <laughs> don't even, don't even <laughs> give me ideas. <laughs> I fucking will. <laughs> So extra. We're not seeing fighting <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Classically, in this, yes. uh, I wouldn't ask this chat more than I ever wanted. I think because it, you've challenged me, I want. I think them. in the current <laughs> setting, the way you get asked this chaps is by getting involved. Uh, <laughs> <in> a... <laughs> what? 
<laughs> yeah, that'll yeah, do. That'll yeah, definitely he, def- do. he definitely sells arseless chaps. We've never asked, but I know he does. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> As you sort of uh, quietly discuss your clothing choices, I feel like every so often I lean over and like poke a strand of Corzin's hair yeah. back in, <laughs> like where it's supposed yeah. to be. Your hair's worse than mine. No wonder you don't do anything with it. I tend to um, leave it alone. It knows far better what it's doing than I do. Hmm. <laughs> Just like this, and he you know, gestures to the um, the, the octopus. <laughs> yeah. The octopus shrugs. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> as you're discussing this, the half elf uh, lady Saliao, the maitre d, returns. Ah. Your, the inhabitant of the uh, penthouse has requested your presence. Fantastic, thank you very much. Please allow me to lead the way. Of course. Of course. She uh, proceeds to lead you up past the restaurant uh, section. A few of the late lunch diners glance are glance up definitely uh definitely attracted their attention attracted by celestia's uh unique appearance uh who is serving as a sort of lightning rod of focus mm. at okay. this time <clears throat> but uh you are dr- uh, but she does lead you up to a set of stale stairs impeccably designed uh, with an old stone staircase, carpeted stairwells. You can see that at one point the uh, st- uh, the walls around the stairs were actually painted to resemble uh, a spiralling uh, vine with grapes uh, painted on the walls as well. And she does lead you up towards the very top and to a pair of double doors. She knocks twice on the doors and you hear a voice uh, call out from within. One moment. It's Percival, isn't it? I'm not going mad. Just Perseus. for a second. Hmm? Perseus. Sorry, I knew it was something long for Percy, but I couldn't That's remember fine. what it was. <laughs> I didn't want to just go, hey, Percy. Because um, so, I yes. think he's actually murdered yeah. me. Um, uh, you do hear a... What was it called? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Do send them in. And uh, the door opens. And uh, Saliara directs you into an atrium, a sort of uh, solar web, which has been set up with comfortable, with exquisite looking chairs. There is a chaise long. The walls are decorated with ooh, green and yellow wallpaper with a repeating fleur de lis pattern. What uh, is that? A, it's a sort of iconic uh, symbol which uh, broadly depicts, uh, in a stylized manner, three flowers. Oh, I think I actually know yeah. what you mean. If you think of... Uh, France. Basically. Just think of France. Think of France, think of France right and flowers. Cool. Yes, the Lovely. fleur de lis is classically the royal symbol of France. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, the uh, there are a, cu- uh, a couple of plinths with vases on, and uh, standing in the centre, uh, awaiting your arrival, you see a female high elf, uh, blonde, 
blue-eyed, wearing a dream, a green dress with a petticoat, uh, makeup, a little bit of rouge on her cheeks, and currently drinking some very black coffee from a china okay. cup. Is she Veldrina or Veldrina out of character? Veldrina. Veldrina, cool. Oh. So I was really having a moment. I, I could not remember. And that was me not remembering, not Celestia. Oh. Good to see the three of you. Please. Yes. Nice to see you too. Please do um, take a sit down. Thank she you. She sips the coffee. How are you? Nods to, uh, nods to Salieri. He gives a little uh, incline at the head and closes the door. Oh, you know, same same old, same old. Just came down to deal with a few bits of business. Uh, he's uh, currently getting changed, but uh, I have to admit we're a little bit surprised to have seen you, uh, to have heard that you're in town. Yes, um, same here. We didn't realise you were around until we got in. No. Well, we weren't really expecting to come here, to be honest. It's... <coughs> Circumstances. Indeed. We've been trying to catch up with them. Things as they've been down here. It's um, certainly been an interesting time. Mm, Active, by the sounds of things. Indeed. Lots of opportunities. I'm afraid that if you have come about the earlier opportunity, we've already carried out most of that. But... uh, um, In fact, we've come down, uh, we've come over here to see what other opportunities await us. Actually, we've not come about that. Um, we were wondering if we could arrange a favour from you. She raises an eyebrow. Something of a quid pro quo. Yeah. Um, we can't do any work for you in this city. There are reasons that mean we can't be seeing... We can't be seen to be doing any sort of criminal activity here. But we're happy to... If you be agreeable, carry it forwards, or do something in another city, um, or just owe you a sizeable favour. Her eyebrows raise at that last one. Or, you know, money. Or money. Money would also work. Um... Well, that might be doable. She takes another sip for a moment and thinks about this. We do have some interests, which... Yes. Well, I suppose the question is, where will... You're not planning on staying in Vondion, are you? No. No, not long. Hmm. That's probably for the best. The R... <clears throat> guest arrangement with the mason is a little bit delicate and we're, we've decided to do him the courtesy of not doing too many jobs here right now. You don't want him to feel like you're uh, muscling in, as it were? Oh, we're working together on a couple of things, perhaps, hopefully, but not too many things. She takes another sip and then moves over towards one of, uh, to a side table where you can see a silver cafetiere has been set up and pours herself some more <laughs> oh, thick where coffee. Where did she get it all from? Like, there's some poor exhausted waiter who's been going up and down the stairs all day. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what's been happening. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I feel sorry oh. for them. <laughs> and thanks. 
looks at, at you, uh, Celestia. Tell me, do you um, have any plans to go down below? In Not the near currently. Future? Ah. Well, there might be other opportunities. Uh, are you planning on staying in Seoul? Um, in the short term, yes. Interesting. Do you have specific plans for the long term? Eventually, Sunder, but not sure when. Really? All right. Would you, any of you care for some coffee? Yeah, go on then. Never say no. No, thank you. I will, you. actually. She... Pretty, uh, she moves over to... Uh, you can see that by the cafetiere there's a whole service laid out and she pretty, gets a couple of co- uh, cups uh, and you can see that there is the cafetiere uh, but there is also a what looks to be a uh, metal... Uh, well, actually a ceramic jug of some sort uh, which, as she removes the top, begin steams and she... Uh, <laughs> Pours a little bit of the coffee from the cafetiere into a into a small um, jug, and then some of the boiling water uh, of the well, not boiling, but still quite hot water from the uh, from the ceramic container in mixes them a little bit to dilute whatever she's drinking <laughs> before pouring. She's drinking mud, coffee mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> before pouring the coffee into the two cups, cream, sugar. Uh, no, thank you. Uh... Okay. No, I think as it comes. Okay. She presents you both uh, on little china saucers a uh, set, a pair of uh, cups of coffee. Thank you. Mm. Very and sips I think we may have an opportunity. Yes. But do give me a moment. I'll speak to the sculptor. Of course. Take your time. She drains the last of her coffee, sets it down by the table and slips into opens the door to the bedroom and slips inside. How do you drink that much coffee and are still upright? I say very quietly. I'm not entirely certain that um, that woman has ever slept. I'd be having a fucking heart attack. It's because coffee's evil. (laughs) All coffee is evil. I make full eye contact and take a big sip of I my coffee. I think if um, you've got enough uh, milk Still and sugar in it, even strong. you might find it palatable. Right. Mm, only if you put so much milk and sugar in and cream that there's no room for the evil coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an acquired it's taste. strong, actually, this. There is a moment where you, you hear the door and opens. And uh, Valdrina, uh, sorry, Val, yeah, this is Valdrina, uh, puts her head up. The sculptor will see you now. Oh, thank you. Please do come in. And you find a resplendent bedchamber. There is a king sized bed currently draped in green silk. Uh, sort of hangings around it. It's four-poster, of course, as well as a series of exquisite gilt-edged paintings along the walls, the same fleur-de-lis pattern of uh, wallpapering. The windows are... The windows have the shutters uh, closed... Well, not the shutters closed, but they do have uh, have thick, gauzy curtains drawn over them so that the room is shadowed. A hand 
a couple of candelabra of, sil of silver candelabras have been lit and current presently uh, lounging backwards on the bed not lying down but propped up on an array of uh, silk cushions you can see there is the black serpentine scaled with uh, amber with occasional amber patterns form of Perseus the sculptor in still in the still in his very distinctive uh, green deep green breeches slightly uh, yellowish cream tight uh, tights and shirt uh, silk with ruffs and the same tight green waistcoat as before the frock coat is nowhere to be seen but he still very much has gold jeweled rings on his fingers uh, pair of gold earrings and uh, the and the same onyx and gold uh, onyx cabochon uh, gold necklace around his neck he is uh, wearing the same wide gold rimmed black smoked glasses that he was before and you can see that uh, he has a book open in front of him and is gently turning the pages and next to him has been laid out a platter of fruit and a side table with a crystal goblet with some wine in. He raises a hairless, uh, yellow, slightly amber-scaled eyebrow as you enter. Well. It is an unexpected pleasure Same to, to you. see you again. You can't see his eyes, but you can feel them pass over and halt for a moment on each of you. How are you? Oh, you know how things are. So much travel to get to these places. Mm. But so many opportunities. I'm sure Veldrina has mentioned, but I'm afraid we're currently sorted on the smuggling work. Those little shipments have all been delivered now. I'm glad to hear it. Now, um, that's not what we hear about, actually. I don't know how much Veldrina has told you. You need a favour. Yes. And are willing to owe me one. Or pay you. Do you know? I do believe from some of the mysterious little rumors I've been hearing that I value your favor maybe a little bit more than, well, the money that I think you could give me. What rumours have you been hearing? I have been hearing tell that a distinctively dressed drow, a dwarf, and a halfling were seen shortly before the assassination 
of General Fanold. He reaches over and takes a sip from his goblet. Interesting rumor. Who did you hear that from? Well, she doesn't speak to me directly, but I have friends who speak to friends who have heard the new General Honore say that with her that she saw the mentor with her own eyes. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. So I think maybe there is certainly something you can do. Especially if you're heading to Sunder. Yes, we're not sure when. But you have passage on a ship? Yes. A ship you trust? Yes. Yes. Good. I may need you to transport something for me. I'm not sure what it will be yet, or how soon, but if, but I suspect it'll be ready within the next couple of months. If it's ready in time for you to make your voyage, I would like you to take it with you. You see, this I don't perhaps have all of the influence that I would desire in Sunder. And you're looking to get in a bit? Quite so. Seems reasonable. Excellent. How, well, um, are you two okay with that? Yeah, probably. It's okay. yeah. That's not a problem. But I am curious. What is it that uh, interests you about Sunder? It's where the it's where the future will come. Maybe not today. Well, <laughs> never today. That's not the future. Maybe not in twen ten years or twenty. But there's so much land there, so many opportunities, and such distance. Within a century, I see there being great, great wealth. And in a century, I'm still going to be alive. Long-term planning, I understand. I gesture it. Elfness. <laughs> he wiggles his beringed fingers. Long-term planning pays dividends. Looks like it. I must ask that you do not inquire about the nature of the delivery. I give you my personal assurance that it will not harm you nor the crew you travel with, but I suspect you will not wish to submit to customs checks. Okay, that's very good to know. 
Well, it's not our plan anyway. Is this anyway. for someone <coughs> individually or just what? Hmm. It's something to win alliance with the growing syndicates there. The Fisher Kings have made their forays, but it's but there are always those who try to strike out on their own. They need to be brought back into the fold. I see. And well, I would rather be the one to do that. Hmm. Fair enough. So, what do you need from me? We need a sizable problem to happen in the Ebon Guard tonight. Interesting. I mean, preferably before tonight. Late afternoon, early evening, a fire, a distraction, something. Something to draw the attention of the Ebon Guard. Yes, preferably in quite a big way. Hmm. If it's something that could continue to be a problem overnight to tomorrow, that would be lovely. That would be bloody ideal. That will be tricky, but it is doable. Yes, and for that favour... I think I could arrange something. It will cost me a little bit to make the mason sweet with what I think I'll need to do, but it certainly can be done. I believe there is a shift change at six this evening, Valdrina. Yes. Yes, Sculptor, I believe six o'clock is when the guard are due to change. Well then, I suppose we shall need to make this interesting and yet high profile. You'll have your distraction. Thank you. Six is sort of perfect, actually. How many hours do you need? As many as you can give us. Um, yes, as many as you can give us. I mean, at least until 11. At the very least. Five, yes. Preferably longer, if you can. Glances over to Veldrina. I think we shall need... Ten to give them a good chance, don't you? Yes, I think we could do that. Are we? Are you thinking a repeat of the whole of the whole Jack incident? Yes, something like that might be quite effective. We need a. Hmm. We need 
something to stir that pot, though. Maybe you could be of help. Is... are there any... rumours or extravagancies amongst the nature of the Ebon Guard that you're aware of, Celestia. Scandals? Yes. Yes. Scandal, something to draw, that might draw someone's ire. Or perhaps the public ire. I mean, yes, very much. Um, there is an assassin called the Wraith um, that nobody is yet connected to the Avangard, but is actually the head of them. He's been disguising himself as a um, brown-skinned high elf with sort of scraggly hair and a Sulian accent, and he's been gradually picking off members of the Royalists. Um, we think it's to gain the Ebengard favour, um, again, because they got sacked from the Mirrored Palace after quite the scandal happened. So he's basically creating the market where they need them and playing both sides off against each other. Also, um, he's not just anyone. Uh, his name is... Adrian Rothenel, the brother of Quilena Rothenel, who is the Underdark liaison for the Ebengard. So it's quite the big mess. That will do nicely. Again, you can't see his eyes, but you definitely feel his gaze passing over you, Celestia. All right, and his, and he grins widely. His that, sharp, pointed teeth visible. Will that be enough? That should do very nicely. Yes, I think we have more than enough to work with. An outraged officer, perhaps. Someone who has discovered the corruption. Yes, that will do nicely. Very well. If, um, we have two hours to prepare. Expect the th it all to start around seven. Okay. Um... One other small thing. Yes. A little more personal. Um, if anyone manages to bring me the Lady Quilena's whip, I'd be willing to pay a very high price for it. If that doesn't happen, not a big deal, but... A very high pr price is... One thing, would you like to put a number to that figure? Um, <laughs> let me look through my notes and see how much money I have. That's what's mm. happening out of character. Hmm. I mean, not that high. <laughs> if I'm honest, I've because got, we've got to buy I've a ship. Got some. Can we have some of my money if you like? I mean, if it's for oh, what I think it is. 
I mean, eventually. How much would you be asking for that kind of thing? Depends on the quality of the assistance you're looking for. If you just want thugs and rabble, put up, call it 50 crowns. If you want the professionals to get interested, you're looking more in the region of, uh, oh, 500 or so. John. All right. I can't promise you success. No, I don't expect it. It's um, very much a secondary thing. The first one is much more important. But I'll put the word out. And should they acquire the whip, I will pick it up myself, and you may purchase it from me at that price. Perfect. Very well. Inclines his head. Well then, you should be getting on. Veldrina and I have much to prepare. Yes, um, thank you very much for agreeing to assist us. Yes, we're obliged to you. Very much appreciated. Yes. Again, he inclines his head. I do the same. All right. Veldrina escorts you back out, uh, and uh, and back on out into the hallway. Thanks very much. We're going to be quite busy, so yes. Um, thank you. Good luck. And you on your way. <laughs> and literally just pops you out the door, <laughs> closes it behind. Bye. Okay. I very quietly gesture to the other two to get out the building. We go. <laughs> yeah. I. Beckon you down the street a ways into some sort of alleyway. You move into a little bit of, uh, of space behind some very nice townhouses. Um, so, General Honore, I can't wear this in front of her. Was that what you were wearing before? I mean, basically. I might have been wearing the silver trousers, I can't remember, uh. but this is a distinctively dressed drow, isn't it? I've got to wear my drow shit. Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, that's a huge fucking problem, because you'll probably get it anyway, let's be honest. But I think I should go full um, full drow time. All right. Well, if your sister's not going to be there, then that's less of a problem, I suppose. Yep. I'll give you a hand with your hair. Yeah, I'd, I'd appreciate that. I'm not very good at doing it myself. Just sticks up. Mm. Also, if you could just um, forget the name, <laughs> that would be great. What it's name? not who you are anymore. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, genuinely, just, my memory's terrible. That was a situation <laughs> that it, it felt like the name was actually important. You don't have to explain it. I think... Let's get on. Yeah. Right. Right. You, um, you're going to change here in, the, uh, here in this sort of... Semi-secluded alleyway? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I am. Uh, posting one of you as a, bit of, uh, as a bit of a lookout, you quickly strip, uh, strip off your uh, more conspicuous outfit and change into the long black and red uh, dress uh, with 
uh, with split sides that you, uh, for its mo uh, for movement. Did um, we talk to Honore? Did that I happen? can't remember. We might have done. I don't recall that. Also, just um, out of character. She must have been there. Mm -hmm. Would Corzin have heard of that family name? Um. Honore. <laughs> Honore no, uh, 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 or the other one? Uh, yeah. yeah. uh, roll me a history check and we'll okay. see. <laughs> yeah, it depends who you've been talking to, really. I don't think so. Yep, that's a seven. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just nope. curious. Especially, especially because... Um, Celestia never translated the uh, name on the arrow you have. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that. <laughs> so, I've put it off for so long. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you... Let's see. So, you guys have about three hours uh, before the... If you've got three hours uh, before your uh, meeting is due, probably three and a half now that you've done some changing and so on. It's not because it's not quick to change into those clothes. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you have anything else you want to do? I mean, I've had a thought. This might be stupid. Would it be better for me to be disguised as not a drow if she has drow, dwarf and halfling in her description? I think it'd be pretty uh, obvious, though, really, wouldn't it? I'm not very good at it. That's my worry. I think, yeah. I, th I mean, we've got people who hate lies. Anything actually on this list of people, yeah. we should not. We should. Anything not that. that's a deliberate um, concealment of the truth at this point is probably going to act against us. Yeah. There's got to be, you know, as co you know, as coincidence as this might be, that's all it uh, can uh, can appear to them. Three people were seen in this place. Three people are now in this place. It's suspicious, certainly, but it's not proof. And I'm not a dwarf. True. That's true. Um, was she one of the ones who'd mind if you were a tiefling? Yeah, she might be funny about tieflings. But I'm not going as a dwarf. I'm just going as someone in a cloak. Very true. And I'm now not a distinctly dressed drow. This is pretty normal. Although some of... Which ones were really weird about tieflings? I lost track. Um, I've written racist cunt <laughs> next to the archbishop. Because um, right. apparently he's an ass. Who else uh, is a dick? She, you recall. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've just written archbishop. I don't ah, know why I so. thought. Well, probably because we live in Earth, not Calcinia. <laughs> um, but... Um, General Honore might be funny about them. I haven't written it next to anyone else, darling. Then I'll just wear the beard for the one who's awful. Yeah, for the for the dickhead. That's the religious um, one. I mean, fucking Regency people. Um, oh, there, it's all complicated. Is there anything like else it. we can do to prepare? Because I just feel like we should be doing something. Well, do we have anything that will um, 
when are we meeting them tomorrow if things go well? We haven't got a time, we'll have probably we? probably have to arrange that with them. Would we be meeting them tomorrow? For what? Wasn't that a thing? to We meet them all tonight, individually, and then get them all together. Wasn't that a thing? Because they're um, not all together in the same place tonight. Out of character, I can't remember, Jason. Uh, I don't believe that was a specific plan. Wasn't it? Didn't you, we need to meet them afterwards, though, once we got people on side? Because so we can't negotiate with individuals. Uh, no, but your goal was to... Uh, but uh, what uh, Jean-Luc suggested was he would have an individual meeting... You'd have your individual meeting with the bishops first, then the general... And then and the Duchess then was the one that tied together. The Duchess would tie it all together, mm-hmm. and the bishops and the general would essentially come to that meeting. Okay. So it if depends we how we can persuade them to come to that meeting. Yeah, that sounds... that's the thing. If they don't that agree, sounds hard. If they don't agree, if they don't agree to the terms uh, that you just negotiate with them, they won't come to that meeting. Uh, you can still uh, the uh, Jean Luc has said you need two third, two of the three factions. Mm. Uh, to, uh, for support, at the very uh, uh, at the very least, in order probably to get a ceasefire, you likely need all three of them on board to some degree to try and get a a, a full on uh, peace treaty to end the civil war. Uh, but uh, and it may be possible if you get to if you, uh, but the the nobles have the most pull. If you uh, if you got if for instance you didn't get the military on board. But you did work, but then later got the nobles on board. That might be enough pressure to renegotiate with the military. Mm-hmm. But we'd like struggle if it was one of the three. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Well, it might just—it just might not be possible if you can only convince one of the three factions to do the thing. But yeah, if, if you fail, terrifying. if you fail to do both the mili- the, bish- uh, the bishops and the military. But you got the nobility on on hand on side afterwards. That would essentially. Give you enough pull to try and uh, to to have another attempt with the bishops in the military. Ugh. So Jeez. it's majority yeah. or nothing, really. Yeah. We're going to get thrown in prison if she figures out who we are. The general Nore, I mean. Oh, worse than that, we'll be full and executed. Yeah. Like immediately. Well, let's make sure it doesn't come to that. Mm. Oh, fucking hell. Um, I just feel like there's other things we should be doing. Maybe it's just nerves. Maybe I'm just horrified by this whole situation. What are we doing? I have no idea. If you have no more preparations, you can simply hunker down for a couple of hours and we'll fast forward time. But otherwise... Uh, maybe I feel we like should. There must be something. Maybe we should have a plan for if everything goes tits up. Run. Like um, properly tits up. We teleport out. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Um, the the less flashy one. Though. Okay. I can take uh, one other person. Okay. And then I can come back for the other person. And you can do um, that in what, like 10 seconds or something ridiculous, can't you? Well, take me a few seconds to get there, a few seconds to get back, and then a few seconds to get out again. But still pretty fast, isn't it? It's pretty fast. All right, well... And then I suppose um, once we're somewhere secluded, if we're really fucked and we can't be in the city, we could go to Kion. Also... Horrifying, but let's, you know, let's talk worst case scenario here. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we teleport out. It occurs to me that even if we are outed as the, uh, the people who were responsible for Fainold's death, there is an argument to be made that at the time we were at war, he was a legitimate military target. Yes, and we'd been, we'd been commissioned, which we had. What are the rules on assassination? I don't know. What are the rules on assassination? It's the rules of. I, still, I did that um, in the Celestial yeah, voice. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, roll a history check. Oh, I might know this. Actually, I'm very likely to know this, aren't I? It's mm. the rules of war. That's a... Um, twenty-two, twenty-three. Sorry. Uh, I mean. Here's the thing, like, if you're, it's one of those things where sneaking into your, uh, into a commander's camp and assassinating them, uh, if you get caught while you're doing it, you're going to be executed as a spy. After the fact, so, yeah, laws of war I mean, are a bit... he wasn't our general. Yeah, laws other. of war are a bit complicated. Uh, basically on this front, if it's happened long enough ago, an argument could be made that you killed an enemy combatant. You definitely didn't do it in an honourable, let's all stand a- across from each other in a field and shoot each other <laughs> Her way. name is General yeah. Honour. <laughs> Her name is literally General Honour. And we um, have to be like, well, yeah. we didn't do this honourably, mm. Mrs. Honour. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Help. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but uh an argument could be made that you were killing an enemy combatant in a time of war uh and there is sort of a there is a and there is a difference there between uh, there is a difference in the eyes of many soldiers there between that and say a civilian assassin just murdering someone someone. it's that sense it's the thing that distinguishes Killing someone in the line of duty from murder, in the eyes of most soldiers, like you know, in, right. in this time yeah. period, he was definitely an enemy combatant. <laughs> yeah, and we, I mean, we were, you know, technically hired by the army to do it. It was a job. Yes. Okay, so the um, grudge so is going to be personal rather than legal. Yeah, I'm, but <laughs> the thing is, it, it might be better if she cocks it. To be honest about it. Maybe, it... um, but we should bear in mind that this was a someone she cared for personally rather than... That is true. However, she is a, she is a soldier. She, uh, she, of all people, is going to know about the rules of war. Filthy business though yes, it is. And also, also, she'll know about putting her troops first, I think. Mm. She's a decorated war hero. Um... Isn't she also famed for being quite stubborn? Yes. And holding a grudge. Shut up. <laughs> I just Ooh. think we shouldn't assume that she's going to be okay well, with Whoever it. they were going to be... Um, so she just puts her head against a wall. <laughs> whoever they were going to be uh, negotiating with, it was most likely going to be people who, were, who, if not had actively um, fought in battles, had been the authority behind where and how those battles were conducted. Well, it's going to always going to be spies to some degree, isn't it? Because otherwise, they're not going to exactly. get in. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's a point. Also, we do at least. Well, I mean, we weren't spies. That's the thing. We weren't spies, but we have information for her about no, her genuine. We spy. were not subtle. <laughs> no, but we we weren't hired as spies. We were hired as assassins. No. That's the thing, and we have 
genuine information for her about a spy among her ranks. Yes. Which yeah. might hold more sway. She's going to be pissed off personally. And if we but can avoid telling her... And oh, we can I'm not going to open with, by the oh, way, no, we but, killed your best friend. Uh, but <laughs> if we can get to the point where we tell her, look, there's a drow assassin amongst yep. you, then that kind of puts it onto, maybe he did the first one too. Mm. Oh, if we give her this information, my family are going to be so pissed off. Mm. It's going to be deeply inconvenient for them if I fuck the name up. <laughs> I'm sure your heart bleeds. Oh, I'm I'm crying. You can't see it, but I'm physically grieving. <laughs> I say with a completely straight face. <laughs> you know, Celestia, I I suspected that might have been your name for a very, very long time. Since when? Since when you inquired about slaves back in uh, that the make first sense. place we met you, I think I think that was I think that was the first time I, I uh, remember hearing that name. Yeah, it's the only other time I've said it in front of you. I've been very careful, <laughs> but um, I have no memory of it. You were there, I can assure you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I was. <laughs> I just... I understand. And you don't have to um, feel weird about it. Yeah. Um, it's more that I didn't want it to be in your heads than anything else, but also um, that name is a bit of a millstone in the Underdark. In what way? They're one of the 40 families. I see. Um, that being the 40, you know richest and most stuffy families and they're definitely in the top half of that at least if not higher understood that's boring yeah i can understand but, um, why you didn't want it banded about and like i said before it's not who you are anymore yeah thanks frankly i'm much more inclined to be the companion of celestia stardust than Whoever your name was. I don't want to tell you my first name. I always hated it. Was it Jeffrey? <laughs> yes, you've got me. <laughs> well, you should have is. said Soda I wouldn't have named mm. my monkey Jeffrey if it was going to upset you. Jeffrey. Fucking <laughs> Maybe we should say that that's what uh, Jeffrey's last name is. That might be amusing. <laughs> Jeffrey's still covered in perfume flowers. <laughs> You need to get those flowers off him. <laughs> Definitely we'll be not. Sneezing while we're negotiating. Should I put on some perfume for our fancy meeting? Yes, I'm going to do Might the same. Be an idea, actually. Yeah. What's it amazing. taste like? Probably awful, I'd imagine. Perfume's I'm going to try good. it. Don't, it tastes oh, awful. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is I it like the, the time I ate some soap? It. <laughs> it's pretty close to the time you ate your, some soap. You find it It's very difficult to believe that something that smells so nice tastes so. Borderline poisonous. Uh, scamp, I have got to uh, impress upon you how many things in this world are delicious but deadly sometimes. Please don't go testing things by eating them. I mean, if you die because you eat something stupid, I'm just going to sit there and laugh. I have no sympathy. It would be an ignoble end. Very way for you to go. You'll deserve every second. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Stop eating it again. In my head, in my head you like keep doing it. <laughs> like every time you've made the sound, you've done it again as though it will be different. <laughs> Stop that, and he, you know, just carefully guides your hand down. What if it tastes different no, this time? No, that's not how this works. It's not going to taste different. It's not like coffee. It's not an acquired taste. You don't acquire a taste of perfume. I did this. I did that once with uh, <laughs> Scrumpy Jack. Is it Scrumpy Jack? Yeah. Yeah, the horrible cider. Uh, the cider. I had a sip of it, put it down, thought, is it going to taste better on the second sip? Had the second sip. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> put it down, pushed it away. <laughs> I mean, soap doesn't get better either. Yeah, the barman who served it to me did turn away from me when he was putting it, uh, putting it into the uh, when he was taking it from the box uh, that the cider was in. So it's impossible he could have just unzipped his trousers. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> wow. it, yeah, it does look like it's been through a person. It has it, to be said. It, it does like taste it. like it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stowaways who are not in the UK. Don't try it. Don't try Scrumpy Jack. Scrumpy Jack. It's fighting cider. Don't try soap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll fight you the whole way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It wants to get back out immediately as soon as you swallow it. Anyway. All right, then. Moving onwards. Put on some perfume. Yeah, put on some perfume. Oh, I so feel like we've forgotten to do something. I just, I just feel like there are a thousand things that we should have done. Okay, what have we got like... to do? We've got a meeting with the religious freaks. Then we've got a meeting with the general. Then Maybe we've got a meeting with the judges and possibly everybody else. I can't think of another way we kind of prepared other than coming up with a treaty and dealing with Quilena, which we've done. So I think but it, we're it just feels like that point in a game where it says, "Are you sure you want to go forward? You won't be yeah. able to roost." It does. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels like that. I mean, unless any of you happen to be hiding a uh, potion of luck up your sleeves. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that exists? I was thinking more metaphorically, no but idea. I've not heard of one. Okay. I mean, I want one if it is. No, it's an 11. Uh, no, that's a 5. <laughs> Nora might have mentioned one once. Of course, oh, Nora. Yeah. Yeah. Nora but probably had you're one. You're not even sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he didn't need it because Halfling. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's another Nora story. <laughs> I mean, you're quite lucky anyway, aren't you? Usually if you fall over, something miraculously happens and you're like, oh, look up there, it's the exact thing we need. Hmm. <laughs> it's a weird thing about you. Oh, it sounded exactly like causing it was like I, I know, it was amazing. It was like he was in the room. Oh, wait. So I, I feel like I should be insulted, but I, I just feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> know, it's not a bad thing. It's been fucking useful. I think we're procrastinating, aren't we? It's we're, we're totally doing. enough. Yeah, and yeah, indeed, for the, next, uh, for the next few hours, you basically just fill some time. Uh, I'm going to have some opium so that I get extra okay. hit points. That's what I'm going to do. You, you, and yeah. also just sheer twitchy energy. I yeah, just have some just opium. Have a bit of a smoke. And... Oh, it's, yeah, addiction. Hello, darling. Huh. Oh, no. Um, when did I last have opium, guys? Was it last time? The previous Yeah, night. the previous day. Okay, cool. So I'm up to two. So, um, I'm just going to ask you guys... One to... temporary hit point? Oh. Fuck off. Oh, oh for, for a whole addiction point as well. For some perception checks. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, I would like to say that we're lying low somewhere. Oh, yeah, we're lying low. Um, I'm going to put my cloak cold. on and my gloves as well. Okay. So that it's over the drowned gift. 23 perception. Six. Eight. Causing sees all. And indeed, around about six o'clock, Causing, you hear the sound of what sounds like sudden shouting and uh, the clashing sounds like metal and even a handful of gunshots coming from somewhere up towards the palace. Oh, heads up, you hear that? Nope. Listen. Oh, I do now that you've pointed it out. What is it? I can... There's something going on. It's towards the palace. Good. Sounds like Good. whatever That's our plans uh, our friends been putting into action are uh, coming to fruition. And now that you think about it, from a couple of other places, mostly in the inner city, but you swear you can hear something over and something else kicking off in the west end as well. Is that more than one direction, or am I going mad? No, you're right. Looks like it's a two-pronged attack. Well, twice as distracting, isn't it? What did they do? Made a mess. Quite possibly. Yeah. You know all about that. Put, I'd like to sort of pop my head quietly out of a window and see if I can see anything going on. Okay. Uh, you kind of look down in the direction of where the nearest fighting's coming from. There's not a lot that you can see, but if you guys want to make a... St- one of you or more of you want to make a stealth check, you can try and get closer. Happily. Do I get disadvantage? Yeah, I don't think I do, no. do I? Because it's just black. No, it's not I mean, it's black and red, but... Yeah, but it's not as flashy yeah. as your is a 17. eye-searing ones. Okay. Um, oh, that's good. Fucking hell, 21. Hello. Ooh, 19. Okay. The three of you move closer quickly. There's... Uh, you can see that uh, people are starting to manu- uh, head over in the direction of the uh, disturbance. Not too quickly. They don't necessarily want to be caught by it. But as you uh, as you get towards wherever this disturbance was happening, things have already... Whatever has happened has already happened. And you can see that there is uh, blood on the ground. There are six dead people on the ground. Uh, wearing rough-looking clothing, again, that sort of... uh, looking like people who work in uh, various uh, manual trades. Uh, You can see there there are a couple of... uh, and there's quite a lot of spilled blood in the ground. Uh, And one person is just sort of looking at it, shaking their head. There are a number of people looking stunned, others looking off in a direction. And you hear them go... I just came out of nowhere. Can you believe that? Against them. Of all things. And another shakes their head. What was that? There must have been uh, 50 people. How did they even get into this part of the city? You can see many of them are quite well dressed. I'm going to go up to one of them and go, uh, Excuse me, what happened, if you don't mind me asking? Sorry to interrupt. Looks around and t- double takes for a moment. Oh. By the way, Agent, it's a good thing you're here. You didn't turn up a few minutes ago. Oh. 
they must have uh, the, the street was uh, quite busy and uh, I don't know how but it's as if a mob of about 50 people uh, came out from uh, the streets and they just attacked a patrol of the Ebon Guard on their way back uh, 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 on their way towards the palace oh wow uh, well, I'm not involved with them, but I'm glad I wasn't out here, you know. They must have taken the, oh, the whole patrol or four of them. Do you know why? No, I don't know why so anyone would be stupid enough to try and kidnap them. Oh, I mean, my thoughts exactly. Well, I should probably keep away. Yes, that would be the best. Yes, I mean, I'm not in, not remotely in town to see them, but, you know, better be careful. People will think I am. The uh, woman in question gives you a frowns a bit at your weird phrasing. I smile, like, blankly as though I'm a bit thin. <laughs> Roll a deception check. <laughs> oh, that's really bad, guys. <laughs> that would be a ten. I rolled a three. All right. I see. <laughs> she smiles and takes a couple of steps away. And a couple more. <laughs> And then, a couple, and then several more, and <laughs> turns to a friend and hurriedly starts whispering. Charm person. <laughs> uh, that was natural 18. Oh, shit. <laughs> I start casting the spell, she hasn't taken and just walk off. <laughs> she kind of shakes her head. I'm, what's, uh, I'm yeah. gone before yeah, she turns no, no, around. You just, yep. I've got, you just quickly just step right on out of there. That was maybe the worst lying I've done in a while. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, that was bad. It was really awful. Now, before we may have to do stuff that is important. Uh, yeah. Ooh, that was not good. Think of it as a warm-up. I'm usually quite good at lying. What is happening to me? Uh, we should go inside somewhere, because genuinely, if people see a drow after that, they are going to freak the fuck out. Yeah. So... You're not that good at lying. Yes. I'm usually all right to strangers. I can't lie to you, but... Well, in any case, uh, nothing to be done about it now. Yep, let's just pretend that didn't happen. You continue to lie low in the side street. I wonder if it's a... In what to... No? Oh, sorry, I, I was just going to say... I wonder who they got to actually do the deed, as it were. I don't know. I'm so tempted to scry on them, I can't even explain. Later. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just spread the rumour. It might have been Also, enough. you just reminded me. Mm -hmm. um, at some point, we really need to uh, get a sending to uh, Clara about the uh, the eye. Yes, we do, but I shouldn't use up anything no. um, big right no. now. But tonight, um, provided we're still alive, yes. Uh. <laughs> You continue to do your best to lie low within the inner city. Another hour passes before you... Your dinner date is, I believe, at 7.30. Yes. So you start making your way... So about a quarter of an hour before, you begin making your way towards the brisket. The brisket is has gotten quite full at this time of evening. There are many, uh, many fashionable diners coming to eat. But uh, wisps of conversation float to your ears as you approach the main entryway. Did you hear? 
over in the west, uh, over in the uh, west side. And then another, they found them, they found them on, on one of the, uh, outside one, they found them outside one of the, uh, I think it was a bookshop or something? So, did you hear about the note? What note? There was a note in front of it, claiming to be, uh, from, uh, uh, what was his name? And from another table, uh, another table, it calls out. Uh, that was it. It was uh, it, Major uh, Major Jack. They were calling themselves um, some members of the military. They protest. Uh, they said until until the wraith reveals themselves, they'll kill another one each hour. Oh, I look over at the other two. Oh shit! Okay. Wow. How did they get enough people to do that to the avant-garde? They've evidently got powerful allies. I mean, yeah. Have you seen the avant-garde? They're fucking terrifying. I fought them, if you recall. Yeah, and we kind of won. Yeah. I still don't know how we did that, if I'm honest. Look at the halflings. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's that's the explanation. Yep, that's what it is. No, we're awesome. (laughs) Well, I fucking hope so, because we really need to be right now. Whew. Mm. Okay, do I look like a person who could negotiate the fate of a country right now? Does she? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are no. impeccably dressed, albeit by dry standards. No? Yes, okay, yes, absolutely. <sighs> okay, right, are we ready? No, let's do it. Ready as we'll ever be. Huh? Mm-hmm. You uh, head up towards the main entryway to the to the brisket and once again Salier is stood waiting uh, she inclines her head slightly as you approach good evening hello hello um we have a reservation it should be under Bishop Sukulin of course please do come this way mm-hmm We'll take you to, I believe you have a private room reserved. Yes. She smoothly glides away, leading you through the various diners. Like, fuck, we have a private room. Can you imagine doing this, like, in hushed tones in a fucking restaurant? I'd rather not. (laughs) And uh, the, you can see that, uh, and she leads you into a lovely little room with... uh, Again, uh, with uh, green wall, uh, floral wallpaper and a series of uh, pastoral scenes on, paint, on landscape paintings on the walls. There is uh, a wide open, uh, there is a nice uh, broad window on one side with a little bit of gauze over it for privacy, but which still let, would let in a bit of light during, uh, well, it does indeed let a little bit of the remaining light of day in although the majority of the room is lit by the uh, sh- by the chandelier, uh, small chandelier from the ceiling. A number of... Uh, there is actually a table that has been prepared for six people with uh, cutlery and crockery lined out. And uh, Saliere pulls out the chairs for each of you, lovely mahogany affairs with green cushions thank you and after seating you she pauses a moment 
and looks to each of you, starting with Celestia. Hmm. Everything okay? For you, I would recommend a Lighthouse Rosé to go along with a starter of... I think you would enjoy the salmon uh, with a Vendienne sauce on the side and some lightly poached eggs. To fo followed by... Yes, I think uh, you would most likely appreciate the mushroom grill, heavily oh, spiced. mushrooms, thank you. I've had quite enough mushrooms. Ah, then in which case may I recommend the beef with a side of... I think some uh, sundaries peppers. If you say so, darling. Indeed. She looks next to you, Corzin. I would recommend for you a tomato and parsnip soup with uh, a crusty bread, a side of... Hmm, we do have some... Uh, we do actually have some uh, mid-mealish cider and mm, the beef as well with a side of potatoes and steamed carrots. Yes? Sounds delightful. Mm. And for you, she looks to you, Scamp. I think we... Ah, yes. For you, I think we will recommend the sugared melon with... Mm, Perhaps a cream-covered hot chocolate and the honey-glazed ham with hmm, honeyed parsnips for a side. Yes? Um, yes? And a brandy cream sauce. Good. This counts in the beard because that's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that... We're meeting the general first, aren't we? You're meeting the bishops we're first. We're meeting the oh, bishop people first. I'm getting so back to front today. So, yes. just My to like, I've got it written down. Bishop, so, 7.30 bishop, 8pm general, 10pm audience with the duchess and everyone. Then yes, I'm wearing the beard. Okay, because I was going to say, <laughs> is any of what they recommended even vaguely dwarven cuisine? Uh, <clears throat> not traditional dwarven cuisine that you're aware of, but Apparently, they're very good at reading what their customers are likely to enjoy. Like borderline psychic. <laughs> yep. Well, that's a good metro D. True. The fair. <laughs> how do you how do you learn to do that? Is there like a food reading school? Is it like palm reading but with food? Yes, she says with a straight face. That's amazing. I will return with your drinks and your and your appetizers as your uh, while the rest of your group arrives. She departs. I don't think I've had rosé that wasn't slightly mushroom flavoured. How do you? I, I don't want to know. Oh, <laughs> oh they use it to flavour wine down below. It's all made of 
what what the fuck is wine made of? We were talking about this the other day. Uh, so like classic, roots and shit. <coughs> basically, roots. There yeah. are a number of parasitic. I wanted to say potatoes. There are a like, number of parasitic quite. plants that grow down in the underdark. Uh, the roots, some of which can be fermented into various wines, but which tend to be a little bit tasteless. So. Uh, what, given the wide variety of mushrooms that exist down in the underdark, many of which have spicy or uh, unique flavours, mushroom-flavoured wine is very common. Although you cannot actually ferment mushrooms into wine because the sugar content of mushrooms is ridiculously low. More learning with flintlocks and fireballs. It's the same reason why you can't ferment meat Ew. into wine. You want to? Oh. Oh. I like that. Oh, I can't get that out of my oh. brain. Because... I... Meat wine? Yeah. No. Biochemistry no. Um, a degree no. coming in there, Jason. Yeah, yeah and also yeah. Uh, just fantasy writer. Fantasy writer. Um, what Celestia says, yeah, all the wine is kind of shit because it's made of weird, creepy, underdark roots, so they put mushrooms in it as though that's going to make it better. Oh. You learn something new every day. Yeah, it's okay. Oh. It's not the worst, but it's much oh. better up here. I quite agree, to be honest. Everything tasting of mushrooms does get pretty old pretty quickly. I could imagine it would. If I see another mushroom ever again, it'll be too soon. (laughs) Saliare does actually return uh, with a hot chocolate uh, covered in cream, a a glass and uh, bottle of uh, mead mirish cider, and a bottle and glass of rosé, as well as a long tray of just various small, strange pastry things, some of which are indeed covered in a variety of mushroom pâtés, others of which are covered in an actual pâté, which is to say a meaty pâté, and others of which are covered in various shellfish type things as far as you can tell some are just covered in vegetables there's just it's just a whole hors d'oeuvre platter word to the wise i pour myself some wine but don't eat yeah. anything word to the wise if they offer you any uh, escargot politely refuse what does that mean it's there is, actually, there is actually a small uh, a small bowl of garlic uh, escargot as i don't feel platter. like i'd be too weirded out by that being mm. from the underdark yeah, you've eaten weirder things. Yeah, it looks fine to me. Mm. It looks like snails. Is it's it snails? exactly snails. It's obviously snails. I, I'm not um, particularly a fan of eating things that I pick out of a garden. Well, except for vegetables. How is it different from, like, seafood? Hmm? Yeah. How is it different from seafood? Mm. And also, if you went down below, you'd really have trouble eating anything. It's all little, you know, weird mollusks and shit. I suppose. Tastes better than ones I've had before, but those were just from my garden, so you know. And you're just scooping them out the shells, still alive, and just shoving them in your face. <laughs> yep. Why are they letting us negotiate the fate of a country? <sighs> After uh, ten awkward minutes, <clears throat> this wine's really good. <laughs> I can't drink my hot chocolate; it will go in my beard and go everywhere. It's really sad. I'll heat it up for you before the next meeting when you can take it off. How's Would that? it um, make any Sounds difference lovely. if there was a straw? <laughs> With hot chocolate, it would be painful. 
Is Stroh's uh, a thing in the Regency period? Uh, I'm pretty sure Stroh's have been a thing for a very long time, actually, yeah. Oh, take Flintlock's questions. <laughs> I mean, I oh, Stroh's a thing the in the Stroh. Stroh. <laughs> I mean, I can. History you want. of the Stroh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've beaten me to it. <laughs> no, not yet. All right, uh, well... Moving on. <laughs> moving on from uh, history of straws, based on the based on the origin of the straw, uh, it being functionally speaking a reed which has been had a hole put in the centre mm-hmm. of it. I imagine straws uh, are fairly. Mm-hmm. By the way, just in case any stowaways were wondering, yes, I absolutely do want tweets on straw history. Please tweet me. <laughs> oh, As we might be slightly too Twitter, early. It yeah, would make okay. me very, the, very happy. The first, yeah, well, the first known straws were uh, uh, straws have been found in 3000 BCE. So we're, okay. no, we're fine. Sure, but the modern thing. straw, 1881. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. Because yeah, okay. Well, we got we got a gold we got a gold drinking straw inlaid with lapis lazuli from. Bloody oh, hell! Yeah. You definitely couldn't drink hot chocolate through it though, because metal. Five thousand years ago. The like paper. Wax paper straw was 1888, but other stuff has been around for longer. Okay. I think we're procrastinating again. We definitely are. I, so, we are on. totally procrastinating So, so again. nervous. I'm just saying shit to get out of it. The oh. door opens and Celia returns with three new figures, which she uh, draws the chairs out for. You, rec- you recognise, of course, the uh, former Bishop Jean-Luc Soucoline, uh, short, uh, short red head, halfling, green eyes, freckles. Uh, this time, uh, he is still actually because he's not on official official work, uh, business. Is still wearing his uh, waistcoat, cravat, and culottes. Behind him uh, enters a human woman in her forties. Quite a harsh, thin face with pale straw yellow hair uh, down to about neck length and gleaming blue eyes, which even at rest seem to have a certain fervor to them. She is wearing uh, a a waistcoat and culotte, uh, sans cravat uh, for the shirt, uh, with her shirt, but the shirt itself is also black, as are the tights. Uh, and the shoes. And she seems to hold herself with a very rigid sort of air. And finally, there enters another human woman in her, you would say, mid, maybe mid to late 50s. Her white hair is cut quite close to her scalp. Uh, she has brown eyes and the sort of pale golden skin tone and angular eyes that you would associate with humans of East Haldanic heritage. Mm. Uh, as she enters, she's wearing... She's actually wearing a... She's the only one who's wearing a cassock, but it's a sort of black, everyday sort of cassock. Uh, uh, and she enters with a kind of unhurried sort of gait to her. Uh, as they approach their seats, uh, Jean-Luc, uh... <laughs> so you guys are still sat as they enter. I'll stand, stand up as they up. come yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. And stand just up politely you incline my head. And uh, the th- three of them incline their heads as uh, 
Bishop Jean Luc introduces the. Ah. Ah! Ah! Please, uh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, allow me to uh, introduce everybody. Uh, uh, we have uh, <clears throat> uh, Celestia Stardust. Nice to meet you. Sorry, I'm a dick. Uh. Our character that was so stupid. <laughs> Carry on. Um. Uh, justice to the bearded scamp. Uh, scamp. And uh, of course, uh, and there are the uh, uh, um, negotiators that uh, our counterparts have uh, sent over to see if uh, an even ground can be reached. Uh, please, uh, of course, uh, you know me, uh, but uh, allow me to introduce and he gestures to the harsh looking, gleaming eyed woman in black. Uh, uh, Her Grace, uh, Archbishop Scarlet Dupont. The Archbishop stiffly inclines her head. Climb mine back. And uh, Her Grace, uh, Cardinal uh, Vitoy Delacroix. He uh, gestures to the uh, uh, pale golden skinned woman in her 50s, who again inclines her head and passes her eyes over you. Scamp. Could you please make a uh, this would either be, I believe this would be deception, it's either disguise or deception. I think um, because of... Deception's the skill, I have a disguise kit that yeah, I... Yeah, we have previously used deception with your... I think with it's your, been deception. Yeah, yeah. with your... Yeah, yeah. Well, but I seem to remember yes. it being deception. So can yeah. I have a deception check for me, please? Oh no. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's a one. Oh no. Oh, giving them inspiration would do nothing for that as well, would it? That's a one. Yeah, That's one's a, a one. Nothing I, I, it, I didn't, I thought about tidying it, but I thought... You also could not. have exploded during any of the yeah. meetings if you yeah. tied kind of my legitimately horrifying. Also, um, tides are still active. It's not had a yeah, chance to discharge yet. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought maybe it was. Oh, so you could explode anyway. Oh, yeah, then. probably yep. will. The, t- the timing hasn't been right for it to discharge yet. Oh, God. You're a monster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can still bend luck, but that's that's about I it. I can't bend luck on myself. Ah, true. So until a certain stance happens where you can, where where. Do we notice that it's not worked? That the disguise hasn't worked. Roll an insight check. Can I also roll one? Because yes. I would be watching yeah, for this. Yeah, I would right. be too. Um, seventeen. That is sixteen. Uh, Eleven. Okay. You all of, uh, I think, uh, Celestia, she's a little hard to read, but Scamp and Causing, you notice uh, Cardinal Victory's eyes sharpen and grow a little bit harder on seeing, uh, on looking at Scamp. Uh, Causing, you notice Scamp's beard is actually hanging off slightly on one ear. Are we alone in the room now with them? Has... Yeah, after Celia makes her estimations of what they will want to eat and they quietly and they agree, she leaves and closes the door. Everyone okay, I'm going to take the beard off down. as soon as we're alone. The Archbishop! Um, <gasps> I, I apologise for the crude disguise, but it was necessary while outside. And in less educated company. Yes, I am. 
I hope we can all remain professional enough that this won't be a problem in our chat. Uh, Scamp, you're taking the lead on this, I'm afraid, uh, but you can do it with advantage. Give me a persuasion check, please. Cool. 22. Oh, nice. I'm quite charismatic <laughs> when I'm not rolling ones. Uh, fine. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, it seems that... Okay, it's you, the harshness in the Cardinal's eyes fades a little, and she seems to accept this. Although there is a degree of... Not quite disdain, but alarm, although it seems somewhat mollified in Archbishop Scarlet's, uh, uh, Scarlet's uh, appearance. There's, mm, she seems uncertain of how to take this, but you have uh, feel like you might have made a good case. She <coughs> looks visibly alarmed. Not very visibly alarmed, but there's just a little bit of mild alarm there at the appearance of the tiefling. Um... The Archbishop does uh, say, let's speak to you. Well, I suppose this irregularity is understandable, although why you were sent. But mm, she waves her hands in front of her for a moment. I assume that each of you has a necessary role to play. We were the people who were chosen. We do. <laughs> we assure you, we um, we really do come in peace. The cardinal leans forward a little and puts her fingers together. Indeed, it seems that peace may well be the order of the day. I hope so. However. Peace on what terms? You have come for... well... I think it is best if you state what it is you hope to achieve. I'm sure we can come to some arrangement. Um... So... We feel... that the church has been treated rather unfairly in all of this the country was in debt and you were one of the fractions that got hit the hardest by it when it was trying to be corrected in haste and we would like to help you out we would like to give you some of your privileges back um, sadly the country is in so much debt that everybody is going to be hit a little that's the reality we have to face. We can't reinstate everybody's privileges completely. But we can help. And with time, we hope to return you to your former state. So, these are our proposals. For a start, we think you should have an elected official on the assembly. It seems only right that the church has a proper representative. Um, we want you to have a proper say within the government. Um, also, we are aware that you were made to swear allegiance to the assembly before the Holy Mother. We are perfectly happy for that not to be the case 
in the case of most people, we're perfectly happy for you to um, reinstate your allegiance to the Holy Mother as First Order, unless you are the one person that happens to be the seat in the Assembly, in which case we would need your royalty first, before anything else. Also, we would like to, with time, return your lands. Now, there is... It is obviously difficult, because they have been sold for the good of the country. They have been sold to get us out of debt. But the thing is, we would like you to have the opportunity to buy them back over time at a very good rate with taxes and charity work, as most people who have lands taken taken from them will be. Um, we do need to cover the debt somehow. They look between each other for a moment. And Archbishop Scarlet speaks up first. I find it disconcerting that you seem to believe that the church has not done its share of charity work. We have long been responsible for looking after the poor of this country, for maintaining those reliefs as it is only holy and right that we do so. Then it should not be a great deal for you to continue doing those works. It is only now that you will be rewarded for such by the state as well. Quite right. Also, given the state of things, the work that you have done charitably, we are not putting that down. Not at all. It's very, very important, and we wish for it to continue, but during these tight times we do all have to make an extra push, otherwise the whole of Sora's in jeopardy. She seems to consider this for a moment. Hmm. We do not wish the church any disrespect. No. Quite the opposite. The bishop speaks up. Traditionally, um, the churches uh, have not been taxed, uh, but uh, have uh, made a voluntary contribution uh, towards the uh, state. Uh, this, we will admit, sometimes it has not always been as much as a tax could be. Uh, perhaps uh, this voluntary contribution system could be maintained. There would have to be certain very clear benchmarks to be hit. We've hit a point in Sulian funds where unfortunately these things have to be a little bit more concrete. The country is bankrupt after all. Previously, besides the king, you didn't really get a say in government at all. This way, you'll have uh, legitimacy. You'll be paying your taxes Um, just the same as everyone else. But there could be, if this is, since you do so much charitable work, perhaps that could be counted against your taxes, if that is something to reduce the contribution you would make. Very true. Yes, it would, um, as I say, be a little bit more regulated than it is now, because Saul does need to be bringing in a certain amount of money in order to survive. But... That could be something that could work. 
think for a moment on this. The Cardinal speaks up. So, it seems to me that what you are proposing is no longer the exemption from taxes we once experienced, but perhaps a tax rate which is mitigated by some of what the church's work does. Yes, mitigated by your charitable work. And the thing is, in this arrangement we're making, nobody can be exempt from taxes. Saul has hit that point. The country is in financial jeopardy and every single person needs to be chipping in somehow. So, you would not be exempt, but neither would anybody else. They look between each other. Then the Archbishop speaks up. But what of the clerical courts? Traditionally, infractions by those associated with the church, whether they be members of the true clergy, and... um, I realise I neglected to mention this. But yeah, that might all, need an out-of-character explanation. Sorry, yes, but all three of them uh, have... They're not immediately apparent, but uh, they do emerge over time. Uh, figures with... Uh, well, small companions apparent to you, Celestia, and you, Corzin. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there is um, the uh, bishop's uh, little familiar spirit... But uh, the Cardinal also seems to have uh, what seems to be a, uh, a silver serpent hmm. uh, around one arm, while the Archbishop seems to have perched on her shoulder uh, a, of all things, a rust-coloured hawk hmm. with, uh, with red eyes. Uh, so you get the feeling that's what she might mean by the true clergy. Those who are, as it were, clerics. Right. Mm. Uh, it says, well, no, both members of the true clergy, the lay clergy, and those associated with the church, such as our militant orders, have traditionally been tried not in the courts of the land, but in the regent's courts. I have heard that the Assembly wishes the Church to be tried according to the civil courts, not the clerical courts. We must deal with these matters within house, as it were. May I ask why? Because it is the rule of the Regent, not the rule of those of those here upon this plane of dirt and air and soil and sky that we must respect those who are called to them but the celestial law and it is that law that we should be judged up should judged by if you have a representative in government there is a very strong possibility that the two may be one and the same. But if not... Should the church not have a representative in the lay court? For the state, surely religious guidance would be useful there also. 
Could yes. they not be combined? Could they not be together to some capacity? She thinks for a moment. Then you would have more of a say in the laws of the earth. It is... Aren't we all the Regent's children? Shouldn't we all be judged? Quite rightly. Same. So thanks for a moment. But it is also the passing of new laws. If we are to be sub... There are... If we are to be subject to such laws, then you are right. The regent's word must be a part of the common law also. That seems entirely reasonable. Would you perhaps approve then that alongside the civil judges, there should also be a clerical judge to ensure that the law is in accordance with religious law? Well, if you've got a member of the assembly who is your representative surely it is their job to make sure the law yeah, represents they would. the church already but that is one voice amongst many if perhaps the right could be granted to that representative to well I believe the term is a veto against laws that would be against the will of the regent. That would be go much towards easing our fears that we may fall to the laws that are passed from the corrupt hearts of earthbound men and women. You see, you can have a voice. You cannot have final say. Everybody in that room will have equal say. But that is how although, the new soul will work. Then Marv... Although you guaranteed a single seat, there is nothing to stop other members of the clergy running as representatives. Absolutely. You, I'm this sure would have the vote of your, of your uh, congregation. Also, there are a lot of members of the church who are fairly high profile and well liked, as far as I understand it. They should be in a pretty easy position to get votes. You could also make it the um, domain of the church's representative in government in the, the same way that previously uh, the monarch had appointed high court judges, that that particular representative within the government is allowed to appoint... Uh, a judge. A judge who is from the clergy. Mm -hmm. The judge... As I say, if this were to be agreed upon, the judge would not have final say, they would have a say, but I would imagine they would be a fairly respected member of the church and their voice would mean a lot. Sewell is the regent's lands, after all. So, a what you are suggesting then is that the members of the church would be tried by civil law, but we would be able to appoint a judge. Absolutely. Of our 
that would be directly appointed by the church's representative. Yes. yes. Who would be elected by you. Who would be able to oversee those cases. And you would guarantee that we would be able to send those who have perhaps transgressed the civil law to be overseen by that clerically minded judge. Out of character, I'm lost for so, a second. Uh, so, what she's basically suggesting is with with this court, hmm. each trial will be overseen by one judge. Is basically what yeah. you're saying. Oh, so, she, so what you said is, yeah, courts are overseen by one judge. Judge, but what she's saying is, can you pass? Uh, will you agree in the treaty that the church will always be judged? The church, get, the church, so so she's asking for two provisions. First of all, the church representative, which you've stated is what you're offering, uh-huh. uh, will be able to appoint one judge amongst yep, the judiciary. Fine. I've got that, and, and they the can church guarantee judge that, will be trying yeah, the church people. They're trying the church people. Yeah, that's sort of it's a sort of halfway measure yeah. in that they're still subject to the civil law, but they have a church-friendly judge doing the judging. Um, um, are juries a thing in this ju- in this legal system? Yeah, in all seriousness, like I'm, that's because that's the last thing I don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ooh. Let me just quickly check. At this point, I think. <clears throat> uh, uh, you know I what? Think actually, they are. Yeah. They are jury, yeah. juries. Are juries are in system? We've moved on from an inquisitive uh, from a magisterial inquisitional system towards a jury based. Uh, De- uh, debate ba- uh, uh, adversarial system so yeah so uh, a judge so, would be deciding on the sentence but not on the guilt yeah. of the party mm-hmm. yes and the jury would be random rep- representatives yeah. basically yeah anyone basically, who's eligible to vote i would guess yeah yeah, yeah that's that that is the that's the jury system as the national assembly is okay up. cool okay that makes sense yes yeah, so your judge would decide the sentence there would of course be an ordinary trial with the jury Hmm. That could be reasonable. She seems... She nods for a moment. Well, at least the respect of the Regent's representatives will be enshrined in law, if nothing else. That could be worked with. The, uh... (laughs) The okay, so that's ten. Da, da, da. Next up comes the uh, cardinal. So it seems, as I understand it, all of us would be free to maintain our true oath to the Mother Church first, but the one responsible for government. The one that it could be said has perhaps the most civil power would be required to maintain this current of. Yes, because their job would be to be a government official and that has to come before anything else. Mm. You would still be considered the Regent's representative, of course. We would never take that away. And you would guarantee that the government accepts and endorses the one true faith as the faith of the land? Yes. She inclines her head. 
So, you're proposing that the lands which have been taken from the church, the taxes that we pay, including the exemptions, not exemptions, but the, the charity work. reductions from the work we'll be doing will be accorded to buying back those lands over time. Absolutely. Yes. Letter, would you be willing to set a date by which those lands would be returned? It depends on how much you are willing to pay in taxes. Their value must be equaled I, it must be with equaled. a reduction, but for your goodwill, but the state is in dire need of funds. Make a to think who's taking the lead on this one i think That's, again scamp's taking yeah. the lead here so you are being it's been an ongoing yeah, thing yeah you are helping <laughs> so the audit you are helping the audit uh, you are being helped so another persuasion check with advantage here oh no <laughs> Ugh. oh natural 20 nice oh, oh that's a good time for that oh. that's a really good time for that <laughs> she exhales and slowly nods her head that is true and I do and I do respect the realities of the situation I don't want to make you a false promise of a date because honestly it's but it's date, mathematics a date this should point. be set but a fair one would you be willing to commit to a restoration of at least a third of the church's lands within 10 years to all be restored within 20. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, that's a, uh, a reasonable time period. Mm -hmm. I have no idea because I don't know the math. Oh uh, yeah, I just... yeah. The, the the you get the feeling because I'm not gonna make you roll an intelligence check or anything for this. Uh, that she a a much harsher one would have been five years instead of twenty. Mm -hmm. Twenty. Uh, the the twenty is it, twenty is. But you you've been very persuasive, and she's being very, uh, she's being as reasonable as she can as you feel she's able to be. You can make a lot of money in 20 years. Very much. That's um, a generous offer. Indeed it is. But there is another matter to consider. And that is the position of the king. Mm -hmm. Of course, the uh, Vendian Guardian has not spoken much of it, but those priests who are still speaking to me from the north have brought me disturbing news. It is my understanding that the king is now due being carted away to prison, that his fate is unknown. We can assure you. Part of the agreement we want to make is that he gets a fair trial and fair treatment. Absolutely. 
And will be released on bail if he is willing to pay it. Yes. We want to make sure he has a figurehead role within the government. The king rules by the divine ascent of the regent, as expressed through the Chalcinian disciple, the Holy Mother. It is uh, necessary that the will of the regent be expressed in government, and yes, our representative will ensure this. However, the head of the government must rule with divine authority. If the worst should happen, if the king's trial should come to a verdict which results in his condemnation, What assurances can I have that his, that the replacement head or figurehead of the government will rule with the regent's authority? What if it was one of his children? An heir? She plans oh. ahead. You have as much um, guarantee of that as you have always had. Uh, if you... If it is truly the will of the regent that the king uh, or his family rule, then they are... Well, he has not been uh, stripped of his position as king. It's merely that um, his place within the governance of Seoul has changed. Because he may have committed some crimes. Nothing is confirmed yet. There is still a trial to be had. But the thing is, any crimes that he has committed, they do not condemn his entire family. And is not the king just as subject to the... Um, the punishments of the land and the will of the regent as anyone else? Then you will... guarantee that the line of succession... No. I would require. Then you will you. Are you willing to offer the following guarantees? That the king's heirs will not be executed, and that there will remain a royal line of Seoul in government, and that that line will be coronated by the regent's representative with their assent. With the concession that they will be more of a figurehead, yes. There is also perhaps the option to create some form of blessing for the leader of the new assembly, that perhaps there is a relationship there to be had. Yes, we would like the church involved. If you are... She thinks for a moment. Yes, perhaps something could be done with that. So the church will be seen to still have that's that, that both 
the reigning monarch and the ruling government do so with the assent of the regent. Yes. Yeah. That will bring a lot of peace to the, 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 the population. And stability and peace is what you need right now, more than anything. Yes. You will ensure, if you will enshrine in law, the expect the requirement for the president of the assembly to receive a uh, an anointment by the regent's representative in Seoul to grant the regent's blessing to their government upon uh, ascension to their post then yes I believe that would smooth things over greatly that sounds reasonable on the condition that the church would trust the people's election the whole point of this government is the people get a say and if the people elect somebody and then the church says no that undoes all of that and are not the uh the people, all the children of the regent. Absolutely, if the people have made the decision, it's probably right. Hmm. She thinks we are happy to have the person be required by law to be then, anointed, though. Then that is fine. That works. Fantastic. Okay, so figurehead, king, anointed president. Yeah, I'm writing all this yeah, down too. You're going to hear a lot of scratching <laughs> yeah. of pencils today, stowaways. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking pissing myself, guys. What about you? Doing all right. We're <laughs> doing okay. Oh. Don't jinx it. <laughs> Shh. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, they, the three uh, members of the clergy quietly confer with each other. I'd like you to... You've all contributed to this, but one of you must take the lead. Persuasion? Yes. Me, please. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, also, you, I'm getting this D4 ready yeah, right now, regardless of the want, outcome. So, so, uh, you, you can use any magical or, <laughs> and do or I get phenomenal assistance. Advantage, because... You do not get advantage. I do not get advantage, this advantage. that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and this is, and I'm going to apply the modifiers that I've worked out uh, and see what their final position is. Oh, that's cocked. I'm sorry. That's alright. Oh, hun. Uh, 16. Uh, plus 3. 19. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That becomes... Write down those sorcerer points. Okay. Oh. Okay. The three of them look at each other, and after a bit of quiet conference, they return the back, and the cardinal inclines her head. I incline mine back. Under those terms, as agreed, we would be willing to support a formal treaty of reconciliation between the sides of this conflict. Let us have. One government, one rule of law, both civil and clerical. 
We appreciate you working with us towards peace. It's, um, and we appreciate you being very respectful. You know, times are changing. Okay. So. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I've been keeping privately how uh, how close that was to the DC, to the final DC. Oh my God! Okay. You you made some concessions uh, in order to get their support, and those concessions made a difference. As did the personal feelings of those gathered. <laughs> This is so scary and so fun. Yep. <laughs> Who thought negotiation would be story. this tense? <laughs> All this fun when yes. you're in negotiation, you're not like, oh, that sounds tense and fun. But this is great. Ooh. I'm so uh, uncool out of character and so cool in character right now. Yeah, same. <laughs> I am clutching this teacup. I've got a to... teacup clutched to my chest. I'm just, the, oh, uh... this is awful. And the clergy st- uh, incline their heads, and uh, in the time in between these negotiations, Celiari has returned and brought drinks and so on, and, and more appetizers, and they've eaten and drunk while speaking. But they. I don't think I've eaten much. Uh, I've vaguely moved no, sta- my food around my plate. And the three of them of um, stand, and uh, you take your respected notes, and they say, uh, <laughs> and uh, basically say, Well, then, I think we will. Join you this evening when Thank the time you. comes for the formal approach to the Duchess. That will be 10 pm. They incline their heads and uh, and depart. Causing uh, inhales they, his soup. <laughs> yeah, as they uh, as they go, the Archbishop t- kind of turns and raises an eyebrow and somewhat uh, and gives a, an incline of the head as well. The Regent will guide your path as all our paths be well you too and the same to you <laughs> and they sort of like sinks back down into a chair <sighs> okay. oh, oh that that went okay didn't it yeah. that first one that, that was horrifying everything yeah, that about was... that was terrifying oh fuck who let us do this who all right the door you've done good yeah. the door opens again and Salieri returns with the three <laughs> main courses like perfectly upright <laughs> with the three main courses your your na- the room is booked out <clears throat> the room is booked out at 8pm I believe also for yourself and another guest uh, yes it is thank you she kinds ahead Zoe should arrive within about five minutes thank you very much she inclines her head and departs. Drink a bit more wine. <laughs> Not loads, just like a bit. Yeah, so we'll call. So the beard didn't work. No. Well, I think you did the right thing though, just being like, "Fuck it," at the start. Really, she noticed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely noticed. Might as well leave it off for now. This treaty is non-horrendous, though. No, this could There's actually some work. Some things that some people are going to be very unhappy about, but right now, Sodom. I think there could be worse things. I'm sorry. I think. I yeah, think it could people have been much dying. Worse. The country yeah. collapsing. So much worse. Yep. Oh fuck. We've just got to impress upon everyone we speak to here that what our highest goal is is an end to the bloodshed, because yes. nobody wants that. Yep. Except, and I'm sorry, but. 
potentially your family. Yep. Mm. Which we must remember to talk about quite early on in the next one. Yeah, maybe Ooh, like right away as a sort of show of good faith. Oh, my notes are absolute nonsense. I've put three C's in church. If it was, sorry. <laughs> I've put three C's in church. This is in character. <laughs> it's like crossing things out of her note. Oh, clearly wasn't with it during that at all. Okay. Um, you're actually wait, left waiting another. You actually have, end up having another fifteen minutes to eat your main courses. I don't eat anything. I move it Causin around and does. pretend I have, but I haven't. Mm. <laughs> Oh, he's causing a nervous eater. That makes so much sense. Yeah, it's... well, he's sort of like, he, like most halflings, he is a natural grazer. So he's just sort of picking at it idly and then suddenly it's all gone. <laughs> it is, in fairness, some of the best uh, beef, uh, braised beef you've had in, in quite a while. Yeah. And, the, and it is a good cider. Mm. I'm going to cast Detect Magic because I've got ten minutes and why not? Yeah. That's fair. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh... Apart from the usual things on yourselves, uh, nothing shows up magical in the room. No one's listening in. If they are, they're not doing it magically. Okay. Well, that's comforting to know. Yeah, partially. Cool. The door Just means they're not doing it magically. <coughs> comes at, at mo- oh. that swings open. They <laughs> stand up. Awkwardly stand up and yeah. uh, storming in, you see a human woman who you've kind of vaguely seen before once and not really no. uh, since then <laughs> uh, and it wasn't they weren't the focus of your attention with a quite tight black bu- a bun of black hair green eyes and tawny skin uh, her uniform uh, she's wearing the uniform of a uh, Sulian officer although, uh, with a couple of little gold epaulets to indicate uh, rank uh, the, the rank of general, and she seems somewhat harassed as she storms in uh, and gives a, a short bow. Apologies. The second body has been found, and apparently they are continuing. Sorry, apologies. The second body has been found, and they and they seem to be intending to continue throughout the night. Oh dear. I trust you are the. She squints for a moment. So. None of you look the way you did. Nope. Mm-hmm. But I would I like each of you to roll me a deception check. Okay. Okay. Hey. Oh, God, make uh, this dice. 19? Change it. 18. Okay. She, her eyes pass over you for a she frowns and then seems to shake her head. Other things are occupying her mind. Oh, good. <laughs> she rolled a natural one. Oh wow! The insight check to recognize. Oh, him. that's so. Oh, no. That's amazing. Also, from the description, I'm just oh. imagining this person is played by Saran Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see that. Yeah. Oh, she's just Saran Jones in my head. Like that's yeah. that's her for the rest of the meeting. Man. That's amazing. So, <laughs> uh, the. Uh, she does uh, have her <coughs> cough and, silly, uh, and inclines her head. I incline my head back. Gen- General Marine, or, uh, sorry, <coughs> General Marine uh, Marie Honoré. Uh, Celestia Stardust, nice to meet you. Looks to you, Corson. Uh, Corson Horrors, at your service. 
Let's do scamp. You got the is the hood up or down? I know you've got the bit. Down because it's in yeah. a posh restaurant. A posh and that, restaurant. Felt that felt weird. She <laughs> seems to take a moment, but inclines her head as well. No, the beard's off. It's sort of yeah, the beard's off. <laughs> um, and waits for you to, for your name. Scamp. Hi. Good. She pulls the chair out and sits down. I sit down too. Uh, at the moment she sat down, Salieri uh, uh, appears in the room with a bottle and a glass of sparkling white wine and then immediately leaves. How do that? Obviously what they get taught at um, maitre d'ing school. I it's not Nudge magic, both of I you on either seen. side of me. So. Um, so. I believe we have some things to talk about. Indeed. The bishop informs me that the that you are emissaries here to discuss a ceasefire. Peace, yes. Very well. What are your terms? So, we believe you deserve representation in government. We would like the old guard to be able to elect a military official amongst yourselves. Um, also, with regard to commissions, I believe Machinissen has abolished them entirely. We propose mm. a middle ground. We propose a military school um, in which you can pay for a commission, but you are required to train as well, but you can pay your way into the school. And it would be 50-50 as a system. There would be 50% paid commissions to get into the school, and there would be 50% um, scholarships on merit of the officers. So we propose an in-between state. A benefit of this all round would be that you have a more efficient, more cohesive army. Yes, and everybody feels that they are served by representatives of the people. Um, also amongst our arrangements can be the identity of the wraith, if that would help you out. She opens her mouth as if to say something, to start on something else, and then pauses. Interesting. It seems that the serial killer, if that is to be what is happening, who is stringing up members of the Ebon Guard, has been calling out the Wraith to reveal themselves. We heard word on the street that you were looking for the identity of the Wraith. An identity may not out. necessarily be of much use to me. It might be of interest, however... Oh, I assure you it will be of interest and use. Yes. In particular, I wonder if you perhaps might be able to explain how... why the... why members of the Ebon Guard are being strung up to call out the identity of the Wraith. The Wraith is involved with them. Obviously, somebody's got wind of it. Very well. We assure you, you will want to know. Provide me the information, I will take that into account. Okay. Your, um, your liaison with the Underdark, Quilena Rothenal, the Lady yes. Quilena. Her brother, Adrian Rothenal, he's the Wraith. He's been playing off both sides against each other. He's been assassinating people on your side because... The Ebon Guard were disgraced, and they are the charges of the Rothnell family. He's obviously trying to create a market. 
I can assure you, as somebody familiar with the family, that is not out of the realms of possibility. It seems to be the most consider, reasonable explanation. Consider also that they are the only people who really, in the situation as it stands, benefits from the conflict continuing on. Yes. And if the conflict continues on, the Evangard look better, the family get better social standing, it all makes a horrible sort of sense. And whoever ends up running Sewell will pay whatever they want in order for the security that it will seem that the Evangard represent. It also means that your representative, the Underdark, cannot be trusted under any circumstances. A number of tall claims. Celestia, I'd like you to make a persuasion check, please. Cool. Advantage or not advantage? Not advantage because of the scale of what you are suggesting. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, it's a one. Oh. It's a one. There's nothing I can do about that. I mean, it's a... It's a 14, but it's a one. Hmm. She... I will be willing to stand in a zone of truth if you have somebody who can do that. I can assure you I'm not lying. If not, I can provide one. I will be willing to swear it under any kind of oath you name. Cause and make a persuasion check. Okay. Where's my D4? <laughs> Okay, that is an 18. Uh, plus one. 19. 19. <laughs> you, don't have you don't have the look of a mage, but then I suppose you could be retired ex-forces? Something like that. I mean, is there, is there any way you can prove it? Something that would show up? Oh, very easily. Just if you could make a ball of light or something. Hmm. Um, Corzin is going to uh, take the um, uh, the knife he has been uh, eating his food with, slice the back of his hand, and then cast Cure Wounds. Ah, oh. hold it up. More of a clerical bent. I see. Very well. I. Um, we'll, I would like you to repeat everything you just said under the effect of a zone. I will ask you to cast it first, and then I will test it myself. Certainly. If that is all right. Please do. We'd expect you to. Corzin does so. Okay, you cast the spell. The ambivalent octopus stretches out their limbs and fills the space. Very well, let's go do the basic test. Two plus two equals... Ah. Three plus three equals... Five minus four equals one. Okay, yes, it is working. Good. Um, I step into the circle. To your satisfaction. The identity, she nods. Uh, the identity of the wraith is Adrian Rothnell, brother of Quillen Rothnell, your liaison to the Underdark. You cannot trust your liaison... That family is all about money and power, and a way of doing that is to play both sides off against each other, keep the conflict going, and 
have a space for the Ebon Guard to gain standing again. And how are you aware of this information? I am connected personally to the family and have been keeping an eye on them for some time. And what is your motive in passing me this information? I would like that family to have less good social standing because I don't believe them being involved will benefit the good of Sewell in any way. In fact, I think they will be quite to its detriment. And also, I I want to help you out so that we can come to some sort of mutually beneficial arrangement. And this seems like it would directly benefit the military to know this, to not be blind. Feel free to ask anything else about the situation you wish. I want to be clear with you. Very well. If you investigate what I've said, I assure you, you will find it's true. Hmm. Yes, I clearly do believe that. Based on the spell. I have no reason to lie. Even if I wasn't in a zone of truth, what possible benefit could that be? You may have pers- reasons of personal revenge if you're associated with the family. I can't pretend I like them. But that is not why I'm telling you. Very well. I thank you for your honesty. But... Since you've gone so far as casting the spell, I will ask you to keep it up for the remainder of this discussion. Let us all be honest. Would you be willing to come in too? I'm already in it. <laughs> so I wouldn't have asked that if I'd known she was Sorry, no, 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 it's fine. I, 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 I'll just ignore on that because, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, no, that makes me sound thick. That's, that's why, <laughs> no, that's why she And I can the actually testing. physically see it as well because yeah. I can see spirit, so I would yeah. know where it is. Yeah. Would causing no. That's... Sorry, just as a matter of clarification, would causing know precisely how much longer he has um, that he can keep this going? Yeah, you, you know that you have about five more minutes of it. All right. Uh, he would say so. You have about five more minutes of this. Very well. We'll get through the salient points first. Then. Let's do this fast. So, first of all, I do appreciate that information for all that of my initial suspicions about its sources. Secondly, let's talk about the involvement of the Armenian government. I'll be very blunt. General Fernald was offered a seat upon the King's Personal Council. Now, it is my understanding that the current government will not be engaging in the same style of rule. However, there will be a cabinet of those closest to the president. And what we propose is that you get to elect somebody to be on that cabinet. So it will not simply be a representative within the larger assembly, but someone in a guaranteed ministerial position. Yes. Relating to military. Absolutely. It only makes sense that that role be held by someone who understands it. Yes, somebody who knows what they're doing. Indeed. Stereo-military. And this position will be voted 
You say will be voted, but will be voted exclusively by members of the military. Will be voted by you, yes. And also, it does not, um, it does not stop anybody else from the military generally running for being voted for by the general public. So, because you have quite good social standing anyway, and there are a lot of the members, there are a lot of members of the military who are wealthy and could afford to campaign and are well liked. Uh, members of the there aristocracy. There is nothing already. precluding you. Yes, there is nothing precluding you from having other representatives that end up in the council. But you would have one guaranteed voted for exclusively by you. But it would be voted. The she does not comment further on it. It seems to just bear this in mind. Very well. The next matter then is the position of the commissions. Yes. The army has long relied upon commissions in order to provide injections of funding. She moves to say something else and then pauses for a moment. Ah. And here we run into one of the restrictions of the spell. If I don't personally believe that to be true, I can't say it. Hmm. Very well then. Perhaps those commissions are, in the long term, of limited financial benefit, since one does have to pay out officers' wages over time. Hmm. And we're not proposing the complete abolition of commissions. No. Indeed. 50-50. This will cause tensions within the army. Mm-hmm. The... There is a school of thought that though that officers should be figures of leadership and that true leadership isn't something that you can be taught, that it's something that you are born to. In my experience, this has not been the case necessarily. I think it is something you're born to sometimes, but that does not mean it is only born into nobility. How many poor rulers have there been? How many poor officers have there been who have managed to land themselves in that position not by anything that they have personally themselves done or achieved, but because that was the position to which they were born? Yes, you don't get poor people being born into power. And I don't think money equals a good general. No. I think a good general is somebody who has trained and somebody who has the charisma to rise above. This way, even with the people who have paid, you would be able to make sure that they are effective generals. They would have to get through the school. It is not generals I am concerned with. Mm-hmm. It is officers on the ground and the position of the men and women in the infant, in the enlisted forces beneath them. Though many people look up to an officer if they know that they are of noble stock, they because they feel that they come from a class that is inherently higher than them, they accord them more respect. And there is no place for doubt on the battlefield. I put forward to you 
that there is more doubt there than you think there is because very few people are happy to be ruled just because somebody is richer than them. It is not. There is underlying resentment there, whether you know about it or not. It's partially. I think this would create less. I think you'd be in a better position. It's partially. I think the troops would trust people more if they were there just on merit. And it is partially that underlying resentment that has landed us in this situation in general. Not in just... this position where the military is split, look at it. What you're doing right now isn't working. It needs to change, and we're not proposing a complete change. We're proposing middle ground. She thinks. It would need endorsement from somebody like you to work, but we believe it could. All right. She considers the points you've made. Celestia, since I think you're taking the lead on these, roll me a persuasion check. Okay. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Yes. It's so good. 31. Jesus wept. <laughs> 30. Bloody one. I rolled no might save, Might save the sorcery points, you know, on that yeah. one. Yeah. I, well, I <laughs> hope that worked. <laughs> Oh, I mean, if it didn't, we're fucked in all <laughs> <laughs> If it didn't, we're not getting this agreement. <laughs> I mean, that would have worked even if she'd recognised who you were. Bloody hell, <laughs> okay. And let me tell you, that was not a good a good pa- penalty you'd have taken if no, she did. No, that would have been very bad. Uh, really very bad. <laughs> she thinks... I'm not... happy, but... You only get total victories. Total victories only come in war, and even then only sometimes. And at a high, high price. Nobody's going to be entirely happy in this arrangement. Very well. I will endorse a peace treaty. Especially considering the likelihood of external threats. On the terms that we will have a guaranteed ministerial position relating to military matters, which will be elected directly by our enlisted soldiers in the army, and that the and that promotion to officer positions will require passage through a training system which will have a, which can be accessed by paying a commission, but which there will be a given number of slots, I suppose. Yes, I can go with 50% to figures who are, enlisted figures who are considered of worthy position to advance. Yes, your best, your best people. Very well. The Sukhrolin mentioned you are planning to have a direct meeting, a proper courtly meeting with the Duchess. In fact, I believe both of them were there, so I suppose the Duchesses at 10? 10 p.m., yes, here. In the palace, you mean? Sorry, can we retcon that? Yeah, no, I literally out of character. No, no, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's in the palace. Very well then, I will attend. 
Glad to have your support. Thank mm. you for working with us. She inclines her head stiffly, stands up. Well then, I'll see you then. See you there. And uh, finish it. Tech picks up. Hasn't touched a drink. Now downs it and departs. A moment later, Salio returns. <laughs> Down my drink too. <laughs> yeah. Salio returns and inquires, "Would you care for any dessert?" Yes. Yes. I think that would be yes, wonderful. Yes, I really would, actually. Please. Please. <laughs> hmm. Ice cream, ice cream, chocolate mousse, and ice cream. Fantastic. Extra ice cream, please. <laughs> of course. She departs. <laughs> Just empty a bit more of my bottle of wine into the glass. Oh, I think we're doing all right, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, and Corzin finishes his cider. <laughs> I mean, everything could go tits up, but this, this could oh, be yeah. worse. Whew. And as you... Not, as you knock back your drinks and eventually dig into your variously flavoured ice creams and chocolate mousse, mm. we're going to take a break. And we'll return to the ongoing events of the evening after these, no doubt important, messages. And now for a word from our friends over at Kids on Bikes. Nineteen sixty-five, Swampskit, Massachusetts. Hey, cousin. Hey, cousin. That's Cat and Randall. They're from Texas. Um, hi, Mary Sue. Garrett has a thing for Mary Sue. It's Mary. Mary does not have a thing for Garrett. In fact, Mary has a thing—a very secret thing—for Walter Green. Of course, she does. So does Meg. But none of that matters, because Walter Green is missing. What oh my! You had me. He's missing, and you're all suspects. Sir, I believe Suspect. you're mistaken. On what grounds? I'd like to see your badge, please. Cousin Cusshole. It's possible Officer Ross isn't looking in the right place. Because Walter? Well, he disappeared near the woods. And that group that lives in the woods? They're... different. Hello? Tell him what you told me. Um, I'm a witch? It's Kids on Bikes, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it's Alan Tisha. Look at you, you're basically skinner bones. It was right to buy this running shows you either once. Come, a bread of pickles, a mixture of luck, red. Share, subscribe, to free locks and bubbles. Now, eat, eat! And welcome back. So, after finishing your dinner and your dessert, you essentially have a... Hmm, you've essentially finished up with probably an hour remaining. Close to nine o'clock, you admit, you, there is a polite uh, knock on the door, followed by Saliero uh, entering and informing you that uh, there is a limited amount of time before this room beca- uh, becomes reserved by another party. Thank you. Um, of course. 
We should start making our way on. Yeah. Oh, no time at the present, I suppose. Yep. Okay. So, as the three of you are gently ushered out of the uh, restaurant... I'm putting a cloak on and going stealthily, please. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Assuming scamps the hood back up and everything. Yeah. So, as you emerge back out, can I have a stealth check from everyone, please? Okay. Yes. Oh, God. Um, 16? 19. 25! Nice. I rolled double 19s with advantage. So, you're all remaining pretty stealthily, uh, and the darkness does assist. As such, uh, you very quickly... uh, the, the brisket is not near the right next to the palace, and there is a bit of a travel getting closer towards it. Although you're not due to, although your appointment is not due for a, an hour yet, it does make sense to begin approaching the area. And just about nine o'clock, uh, you, you begin here. You hear people who are frantically uh move so so there are still some people in the streets there's still businesses open although they're beginning to shut down even though the sun has set uh and you do hear some uh, some people frantically talking about a third body found you also pull yourselves to the side in time to see a group of uh, a group of Eight members of the Ebon Guard striding down the streets, followed by liveried uh, members of the militia uh, of the military as well. As they tromp on past, um, you can see people are hurriedly moving to the sides as well. <laughs> but they move on beyond you. It seems they're heading out into other parts of the city. Uh, the a couple of people are looking a little bit fearful. I've never seen so many of them out in this number. I know. Do you think they are any closer to capturing this uh, Major Jack? I don't think they are a real Major. It seems unlikely. Well, they seem to know a lot about the military, especially these calls for the Wraith. Indeed. They sort of wander on. You're presently untroubled in the alleyway, but you can see signs of other groups of patrols now heading out, some with Ebon Guard, some without, especially from the palace. It seems that they are responding in force to the bodies that are being discovered. You still have about 50 minutes or so until your meeting, but it's up to you whether you want to head through into the palace now. Um, I don't think there's... Go on. Is it worth, um, not too long beforehand, trying to scry on what's going on? Well, it's probably worth scrying on your sister, at least. If we've got time, yeah. It it might be worth knowing where we're at with everything and where they're at. Yeah, although, if 
If we do scry on her, is she then going to know? She won't know it was us. No. But she'll know someone's watching, won't she, if she catches on? Yeah. But I think it's worth the risk. There could be a lot of people okay. watching her. If if this is uh, as much of a, a distraction as it seems to be, this might be the thing that draws her out into the open where she can be scryed on. I hope so. Yeah, me too. We need to find somewhere quiet. All right. I need you to keep watch. Absolutely. Is there a um a stables or a back alley or somewhere where there aren't very many other Roll people around? Me a quick investigation check. Can I help? Okay. Yes. Okay. So advantage for you. Yeah. Then. Right. Oh. That's a double seventeen. Okay, there is actually a um, small private stables around the back of one of the nicer, uh, of the very nice townhouses in the area, uh, which is currently occupied by a somewhat ill-tempered-looking uh, grey mare. Uh, hello. <laughs> Will you be my friend? You're a funny horse. You got a I want car- to make friends with the horse, please. <laughs> Roll an animal handling check. While this is happening, I'm going to start spinning the eye. Yeah, yeah Corson's going to keep a watch. Corner. That's a one. Oh, the horse. no. Uh, one moment. Your mage armor has faded. So the horse actually manages to get uh, to nip you on the hand as you try to pet her. Uh, and you proceed to take... Oh. Three points of bite damage. Yes. Oh, not so, a friend. <laughs> can I clarify? Yes. You said we have 50 minutes, so there's potentially time to do this twice if I need to. Yeah. And still uh, get I'll there. say it took you five minutes to find a place, but yes. Because that would be 40 minutes yeah. to do it twice. Yeah. Um, that could be. And we're right near the palace, aren't we? Yeah. Cool. So that could be doable. Yeah. Just to like clarify. Um, okay. So I'm going to try, I'm going to go say, show me my sister. Okay, you spin the orb and stare into it. And while you're staring for a good ten minutes uh, before anything happens to you, almost no time passes as, you're, as you feel yourself diving down into the depths of water below. I don't think I've scribed today, have I? Anyone correct me if I have. I don't think so. Well, I think no, I, I don't have. believe you have. Yeah. No, no, because you, you, cool. we stayed in the inn... And you didn't then. And no, you haven't right. done the rest yeah. of the day. Cool. Okay. So, as you plunge down into the waters, you look around, half expecting again to find no bubble. But one draws your attention. And you drift towards it and pass through. Uh, relevance. Okay. You see uh, Quilena. The strain, uh, the same form as before. She's wearing a lo- a dress not unlike yours in some elements, but with a sl- uh, but with a more puffed out skirt, again cut with legging black leggings underneath to allow her to move freely. This one has frills of black and crimson made into it. Her hair is elaborately braided back with a few artfully loose. Uh, s- white strands across her charcoal face 
and uh, you can see that um, her, even despite her current movement, her makeup remains immaculate. She has, at, uh, she is armed, uh, and you can see that she is, as she strides forwards, flanked by members of the Ebon Guard, 12 in total, and behind them soldiers, uh, or just ordinary human and halfling soldiers. Uh, she has three weapons with her, uh, strung and, uh, acro and across her back with a quiver nearby is a distinctive steel drow, com uh, drow compound bow, not unlike your own. Four weapons, I should say. Uh, there is a pistol in a small uh, holster at her hip. In a scabbard by her side, you can see a rapier of very similar make to your own, but uh, of slightly higher, of somewhat higher quality, and coiled in a little grip at one side is a crimson ball whip uh, with a distinct, uh, uh, with a black handle. Uh, you can see that she seems to be uh, she's striding forward leading the uh, various members of the Ebon Guard as soldiers and occasionally members of the Ebon Guard are just going through and knocking on, well not really knocking on but bashing in doors, dragging people out and demanding to know what they've seen. Uh, huh. <laughs> Efficient. Yeah. Uh. Uh, she, they stride forwards until they reach what seems to be a local sort of uh, square or piazza. Anywhere recognise or roll, uh, roll an intelligence check. Uh, uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. I mean, it's definitely somewhere in Vondion, but uh, nowhere we've necessarily been. You, you wouldn't recognise it directly. It cool. feels like maybe somewhere in the perfume quarter. Okay. Like, hard to mm -hmm. tell exactly. Uh, and you can see that hanging from uh, a hanging from a um, fr from a beam across someone's house is the stripped of armor is the form of a charcoal skinned male elf. Uh, just down to their small clothes. There's, uh, they're, they've been hanged by the neck, but their stomach has been cut open so that entrail, their entrails are hanging out. Mm -hmm. And a blood-stained, uh, crudely scribbled note uh, has been nailed to their chest. Quinnus looks up, snatches the note, and glances over it. I would like to read it over her shoulder, please. Uh, it's it's crudely uh, written and call. It appears to be a reiteration of what you heard of the earlier notes. It calls upon the wraith uh, to reveal himself and hand himself in to cease his treacherous attacks upon the for, uh, upon the loyal forces. Uh, of the military that defend uh, defending von Dion, uh, and that uh, and that until he does, 
the Major Jack will continue to kill one of his country folk for every hour that passes. After Corinna reads this, she crunches the note up in her fist before straightening out again, passing it to the figure behind her, who you you vaguely recognise as a tall female member of the Ebon Guard. Her helmet has a little bit of silver detailing on on it, marking her as a captain. Captain Levelis! Yes, my lady. Cut this one down. Bring him to the others. Prepare them for raising. And as for the rest of you, and she turns and calls out, I want everyone out and interrogated. And she raises her voice as clearer. If anyone saw what happened here, has any information upon what those responsible for handing this, reveal that now and you will be richly rewarded. Anyone who doesn't is going to sorely regret their lack of information. And there are screams and shouts as people are being dragged out of their houses by members of the army, by members of the Ebon Guard who are just tearing, uh, knocking down uh, doors. Uh, People are dragged in front of her. She undoes the whip and coils it around uh, and runs it between her hands as someone, uh, as the foot, Several people are kind of brought out and forced to the ground onto their knees. Hmm. You! She gestures to a human man in his late forties. Did you see any sign of whoever put that up there? No. No, your ladyship. I, I saw nothing. That is very unfortunate for you. And she immediately smacks him across the face with uh, the still coiled whip. Uh, blood spatters from his mouth and he's knocked to the ground by the force. And as it does so, you just hear a ah! sound come. But it's weirdly doubled. Hmm. As if it's coming from two place, from him twice. Um, Celestia, if anyone could see her, starts... Breathing funny and looking panicky. Gets rooted to the spot. Would anyone else like to provide me with any more useful information? There's silence as more people are being dragged out, well, occasionally screaming. One one child just wails, like, Oh, oh Mama! Mama! I'm going to give you a chance. Please shut up, child. Oh, I don't... She cracks the whip and it splits the child's lip. The child is knocked to the ground and uh, continues wailing. Would someone please shut that brat up? One of the uh, soldier, one of the human soldiers, sort of looks to, over to her superior, who begrudgingly nods and she just kneels down shoves a hand roughly over the child's mouth to uh, to stifle it 
Really, you're being incredibly unhelpful. Now, I recommend that somebody here provides me with some useful information. It seems that someone has decided to put a time limit on things in order to try and get a reaction. So you know what? If that's the way you do things in this fragrant little town of yours, that's the way I'll do things. For every, oh, 10 seconds that someone doesn't start telling me what I want to know, I'm going to hurt someone. Crack! She, uh, this time it slashes open someone's cheek. Celestia flinches. Uh, and one of the Ebon Guard grabs them and just slams their face into the mud. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Crack! Again, another person struck down. Nine. Eight. You don't care much about your fellows here, do you? Four. Three. Two. Wait! 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 Someone calls out. Uh, I, I, I saw some something. Now you see, this is the sort of compliance you should have started with. She strides over to them. Well, spit it out while well, you still have teeth to be spitting. Uh, it was... Uh, or some of the maisons. Uh, 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 some, so, some of. Yes, stop stuttering, or I shall have to require them to prise your mouth open to make it easier for you to speak, you wretched little sub elven piece of. <laughs> well, carry on, I'm talking too much. Uh, it, it was uh, one of the bricklayers, uh, uh, the people from the masons' uh, quarter. Uh, I think, you know, uh, thugs, uh, uh, gangs. Really? Well, why didn't you start with this? The Maison doesn't like people talking. It's this business. Oh, I see. So what you're telling me is that you fear this Mason more than you do me. Is that correct? No, 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 no. Oh, good. Because I just want to make it clear to the citizens of Vendion that if there is going to be fearing done here, it should be well placed. She point. She looks across, points out, that one, that one, that one, that one. She smiles at the old man. And since it took you so long, that one as well, line them up. Uh, uh, despite the cries of the citizens, the Ebon Guard and the soldiers line all five of them up at once. She raises the whip again and crack! This time draws it across all of their faces in a single slash. Now, I do believe that is where we could have started and saved all of this trouble. The five of you get up! Stay all begin pu pulling themselves to their feet faster the soldiers drag them up i want you to run off into the mason's quarter and tell them that we're coming i want you to make it clear that i will have the rest of my elves return to me or i will enact a retribution upon your village upon your town, your city, 
such that the name of this mason will pale in terror compared to what I am prepared to inflict for this insult. Well, she raises the whip again. Start running! Crack! And the five begin hobbling away. A couple of them are too slow. She whips them twice more, leaving deep lashes in their backs. Ah. Right then. She coils the whip up, puts it to her hip. Let's start following them. Gather some of the rest of the others. I think we're going to have to make a raid of this. And they turn and begin striding after. And it's about there that your vision, that the walls of the bubble begin to cloud in. And you feel yourself rising back up to the surface, Celestia. Celestia snaps back from the eye but freezes. Celestia, are you alright? Um. Not really. What happened? Where is she? It's it's really bad. What's happening? Um. She's hurting people to try and find out <sighs> what went wrong. Bitch. Still, at least it seems like she's distracted. Yeah, but. Um. She's going for vengeance after the Mason, somebody told. As they should have done. Alright. Um. She's going to carry out a raid, and she said if um, if people don't comply, she's going to wreak havoc on the city. How much havoc can she wreak without the um, a lot. Uh, the army um, attempting to stop her? You don't know the Urban Guard. And you don't know her. So tell me. A fuck lot, darling. But surely, if she's supposed to be here... Could we tell someone? Could we let the military know that this is happening? So that they they can try and... There must be something, though, mustn't there? There must be something we can do. Well, we could go to the palace and say, but... They know. They know what's going on. They must, mustn't they? If they know what's going on and they're allowing it to happen, then... It did look a little bit like she'd gone rogue. But they, were the military there at all? Were the military there? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. They were... There were soldiers that apparently were uh, seconded to her service. Nope, there were military there. You're quite right. Sorry, I'm not... Um... That's fine. So they know what's going on. We've just got to carry on as though nothing's happening, haven't we? Can yeah. you... Is it worth scrying on my brother before we're finished? Or... Just so that we know where he is in all this. I mean, maybe we can give him a tip-off. Um, maybe there's something. Maybe. Would it help to send to the Mason? Give him a, at least a a forewarning that they're after him and his people. Or the sculpture, I suppose. Yes. We don't know what the Mason looks like. Uh, you've met you met him. him. We met did him. we meet him? Who was, he was the Mason? The, he I'm was sorry. The orc, uh, we did. We met him last met. time. He was Coleman Brett, yeah. Yeah, Coleman Brick. That's not a bad oh. idea. Should we? Should I send to him? 
Yeah, giving him a heads up might be good. Just tell them the Evangarda are on their way and they think that he's responsible for um, the deaths that have occurred. Okay, um, I gather all spirits together in a ball. Mm -hmm. Evangard on their way to raid. Lady Quilena. Thinks you're to blame for Evangard deaths. Yep. Has full unit. For revenge. Be prepared. The spirits flicker away and very shortly return. Ah, shit! Right, lads, we're going to the mattresses. Get guns, everything. There's a fucking raid coming. We, someone squealed, and before we make bacon, we're gonna. And that's where the sending ends. As apparently, he wasn't talking to you. Well, he's ready, so that's good. That's all we can do, and hopefully that. Also, she's that'll... with him. At least she's fighting people who are prepared to fight, not fucking kids. Yes, and hopefully, if he's. Anywhere near as scary as the other uh, Fisher Kings, then she will actually have a fight on her hands, and she'll and be distracted then, longer. Evan Guard, these are basically civilians with axes. Whose reputation is going to be ruined after tonight. Yeah. Like, if this spreads, it's not just here, this is... This is their reputation gone. Possibly. Yeah. They've turned on civilians. They massacred people. Yeah. Well, they might. This is them done if... Not even the military can ignore that. I mean... There's, they massacre the people who the military are trying, or supposedly, here to protect. I mean, hopefully the word will get out and it's... My fucking cunts of a family. Considerably lower down up here than they were. Mm. I hope some good comes of it. Me too. Because, um, it was fucking bad. Alright, are you... Are you alright? No, you, uh, I will be. Um, do we need to do anything else before we go did, to the palace? Did you want to try and scry on Adrian? I think I should. Um, do I think time? it's worth doing. What time is it? You have, at this point, just about a little bit... A little bit over... 20 minutes, maybe like 22... We need to get there. Be, uh, if there's time when 10. we get there, let's yeah, get there. let's not be late. Mm. Okay. You make your way out. Also, we can always offer to scry if they yeah. want help finding out where That's he is, true. which could put us in a good position. Alright. You make your I way. I'd probably do it in a private room so you didn't see how I scry, but we could offer to scry. Well, you could always say it's a focus. Yeah. Lots of magic needs a focus. True. Don't have to say the magic comes from the thing. I worry. Yeah, I do too. But these things are potentially it's not famous. an option. Hmm. Let's try and get a minute of scrying in. Um, when we get there, if we can, let's hurry. Yeah. Actually, we're right. walking already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you make your way out and towards the castle. Uh, the drawbridge is down. Of course, there wouldn't. Uh, there's. They're not expecting uh, a, a sudden attack. 
And while there are guards, uh, and uh, shortly before you approach, you pull yourselves in as you see a very large number, about uh, 20, about 20 more of the Ebon Guard march out and uh, head directly down towards, turn down the streets that will lead them towards the, uh, towards the more sort of brick kiln uh, districts of the East End. Uh, the remaining soldiers seem a little disconcerted by their departure. So, uh, and as you approach, uh, they look to you, Celestia, seeing that you're a drow. <clears throat> Alt, uh, uh, what is your business? Um, I'm sorry, I've lost a name. Give me two seconds out of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, this is Duvon. this is outside the palace gates. Yes. Right? Um, we're here to see Duchess Duvond. We do have an audience booked in. Uh, of course. Uh, Forgive me, uh, uh, your lady, uh, your ladyship, for asking, but um, do you have any idea why all of the Ebon Guard just got called out of the palace? I'm afraid not. I'm not really connected to them. Roll well, deception check, just because it's a direct question. I'm, I'm not technically. Yeah. Like I don't think I'm. I mean, yes, lying. but you, you, you know why? You know where they're going? Um, yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> Um, that is... Hang on, I can't remember my deception. So everything has gone up because of Jack of all trades. It's taking me ages to get used yeah. to it. 18. Yeah, I see shrug. Say, oh, forgive my impertinence, your ladyship. Of course. It's quite uh, all right. Uh, open the gate. A portcullis is raised. And uh, very soon you're approached by a valet who, repeating your instructions... Uh, repeating your reason for being here, escort you up into the main part of the castle, through the courtyard, into the keep, and up some stairs towards an audience chamber. There is an atrium before it where there are some chairs, a small uh, a table with a little bit of uh, wine mixed with water has been left uh, for you. And there are an anxious few minutes before the doors open, uh, and a footman bring, escorts you in. You find yourselves drawn into the throne room of the castle of Vondian. The throne room very much fits its name. It is support it is a, a wide and tall chamber supported by heavy stone pillars fronted with marble with veined purple and white marble. The windows at the far end, although there is darkness beyond, you can see were uh, are designed with fine colored glass panels to depict sort of uh, various scenes there are frescoes which have been uh, painted onto the arches of the ceiling a rich uh, deep blue and gold uh, carpet tasseled with gold runs down the center of the chamber 
and up towards a raised dais, upon which there is a carved wooden throne embossed in places with gilt. There are, in addition to the guards present, of which there are 20 members of the military and stationed by the uh, and still stationed, there are still stationed by the uh, days itself two members, uh, two black armored members of the Ebon Guard. Because they didn't all leave. Uh, there, you can see that there are a few other groups of figures. Four of them you recognize the three bishop, uh, the well, three bishops, in fact. Bishop Zucoline, Archbishop Scarlet, and Cardinal Victory stand to one side, awaiting. To the other, there is General Marie uh, Honore. Sat in chairs at the base of the dais, there are two other figures. A, both of them, in fact, all three of the remaining figures are human. One is a short fat fellow with a button nose uh, you can see he has a an old it's not really blonde it's almost yellow wig mm -hmm. uh, and you can tell just from how it's positioned that he's clearly naturally bald under there and uh, beady slightly piggy brown eyes he's dressed in a courtly uh, sort of waistcoat uh, and culottes uh, with a brown waistcoat and and collots and pink and a, and a bright pink frilly shirt and uh, stockings. Uh, on the opposite side of the dais is sat a much older woman, uh, human woman, quite tall, and you can see that she has perched upon her head an elaborate curled wig of white hair with red ribbons tied into the into the uh, head, what's functionally a headdress at this point. She has pale blue eyes and a very long nose, which is probably for the best because she holds it slightly raised so she looks down at it, uh, over it at people. So you can see that her she is wearing a very uh, flamboyant, uh, not in the sense of being racy or fashionable, but rather just in being very billowing, re deep red dress, uh, which is, um, that's the word I want to say, bedecked in black ribboning. Mm -hmm. She is, the word that comes to mind for some reason is grand dame. Okay, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. And sat upon the throne, staring down at you as you enter is a human woman of average height, slender, with a with deep ebony skin, green eyes, and a black sculpted afro. And it has been sculpted into such a way as the hair is fashioned like the points of a crown. Oh. And there are oh, that's cool. jewels studded into it, held in place by hidden hair grips, 
so that a series of you think actually emeralds I think there's a central emerald and then there are pieces of jade uh, at the other points studded into the hair she is wearing a an elaborate green deep green dress and aside from a few changes just slightly to the shape of the nose the shape of the brow she is the spitting image of the young Aga Duvond. She calls down to you. You, are, you may approach. I approach we do and so. um, <laughs> bow very low. Corson does the same. Yeah. The three nobles incline their head, as do the uh, bishops and the, and the general sort of gives a slight stiff one. Uh, and looking between the three of you, there's a moment of a double take from the elderly noble. And she frowns a little bit. I say, is that a tiefling? Where? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. <clears throat> sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Hi. Oh my! Why, I don't believe I've ever actually seen one of your kind up close. Um, would she you raises... like to look closer? She raises. You know one of those opera glasses, the ones that are on the end of the wall <laughs> no. yeah. and peers through them at you? Hello. <clears throat> well, the valet uh, steps forward. You are in the pre- you are in the presence of Duchess or the Duchess Lucetta Devant. Uh, the he gestures up towards the Duchess on the throne. I bow. Duchess, oh, uh, bow. <laughs> Duchess uh, Catherine de Berg or S- uh, de Salier. Bow at her too. Yeah, <laughs> and all the bowing. And Jeffrey de Denemont. Oh, all of the bowing is happening. Yeah, all the all bowing. The bowing. <laughs> uh, I would like each of you to roll a performance check for your bows, please. <laughs> if one of us falls over, this would be so <laughs> genius. <laughs> oh, natural I fall over. The... Fucking 20. Uh, oh. Natural 1. <laughs> this is a 33. Oh, that's. that's oh, that is, one. <laughs> that is my third natural one of the night. Oh. Causing oh. very nearly unbalances and falls over, but um, makes it at the. What was your check, Causing? Eight. Okay. The. Duchess... Can I quickly wink at them both, um, like twice quickly, and give them both inspiration? Yep. I'll, I'll say you can. Um, it's not going to help the one. It's not, <laughs> oh, one, no, but... it's not helping the yeah. one right now. Yeah, right. You've got it. You've Just, got it. You've both got inspiration for the next 10 minutes, D8. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I meant to do that before we came in. I sorry, forgot. that's right. You can. Uh, yeah, okay. So the, Duche- the Duchess de Salier seems suitably impressed by your, uh, by your florid bowing, uh, Celestia, although... Scamp, as you accidentally just fall over. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
it's time. Roll a d Oh no! no. Oh, oh, if it's a fireball, the country's fucked. The world ends if it's a fireball. Oh, no, it really does. It really literally nothing, does. There is nothing good that can happen here. Oh. Oh. Ah. Well, well, one of them's on the floor, so... Oh no, that... I feel like that's a fireball. That's a 15. 15 that sounds fireballing. Everything sounds fireball. You feel... As you kind of tumble over and hit the ground, ah, you step up, but you know, the pain goes away very quickly. For the next minute, you regain five hit points at the start of each of your turns. Oh, oh, oh that's away. fine. Oh. That's fine. Oh, I'm not, that's the that's one of the gone. only fine things that could have happened. Yep. Ugh, there are Imagine if options. my bloody theme music started. That'd be fun oh to explain. <laughs> <laughs> or a unicorn appears. <laughs> or you just like spontaneously age ten years. <laughs> or get really big. Or get covered in oil. Oh, there are so many, so many bad ones. Oh, so I'm really tense. <laughs> well, that's done now. That's... Hmm. Okay. Well, you've nevertheless you've successfully avoided getting a neg- uh, uh, offending the Duchess de Celia. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> oh. The uh, uh, there is a bit of a chuckle from uh, the Comte de Benemont. Oh, come now, Catherine. You've got to admit they've made a good effort at it. Hardly coordinated, but I suppose you're right. Well, then, I understand you have a case to present. That we do. We're very honoured to be before you. Hmm. As you should be. Good. Well, make your case. Okay. So, we have already talked to um, your wonderful officials from the military and the church. Um, they have agreed to support the peace treaty with arrangements that we have discussed, which I'm sure they've already told you about. Um, the arrangements regarding you, however, have not been discussed yet. So, the nobility remains the matter. We have a couple of propositions. With regard to places on the council, noblemen are eligible to be elected, but they must campaign like everybody else, the way we see it. You'll already have advantage. You're well known, you're rich, people like you. Anybody running off the street isn't going to get in. Privileged people like yourselves are going to get voted for. Um, So you should have a lot of chances to get more than one official on the council, the way that we see it. Also, with regards to certain privileges that have been stripped, now we are at a point in time where the country is suffering, the country is bankrupt, so unfortunately everybody must lose out a little. And a time is coming where nobody can be entirely exempt from taxes because the country needs money. It is that simple. The church will not be exempt under the new rule either. And neither will the nobility. The nobility will still pay tax, but you will get some control over where your money goes. You'll be subject to tax exemptions for completing charitable work which can be of your choosing in your own area. So you will have chance to have say over where your funds are going, which we understand would be very important um, and we feel is fair. Um, But unfortunately, we can't afford to keep people exempt the way they are right now. Also, with regard to legal exemptions, nobody will be legally exempt because there are crimes that have been committed 
but we will ensure everybody in custody has a fair trial and there will be an option for them to get out on bail um, but if they run then their land will be seized which we feel is fair um, and if they're found innocent they will get their assets back um, if they're somewhere on the middle ground where they're guilty of some charges but not all their assets will be returned but there will be a hefty fine to pay I assume you've heard all the other arrangements from your colleagues here. The Duchess de Vond studies you. I look steadily back at her. She looks first to Catherine. The Duchess de Salier frowns a little bit. I say, so it, it does seem rather that you're saying that to have us to, to look after the governance of this country, we're going to have to rely on the peasants to elect us. Well, and yourselves. Everyone will have the equal vote. Also, more of you are eligible to vote than the peasants. Under the under the rules, you have to own a certain amount of property. That is, that is right. Out of yes, fact, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You have to own a certain amount of property. You have more people eligible eligible to vote than the uh, than the general peasant public do, by far. Well, I it's my understanding that those property qualifications are quite low. Isn't that the case, Geoffrey? <laughs> Luck check. It's fine. It's fine. Je- it's not one. Jeffrey doesn't activate. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't oh, activate. activate. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Uh, can't do yes. Well, you know, it's um, it, it's about a uh, hundred uh, crowns a year, I believe. Oh no, 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 no. That won't do. Well, that's far too many people. Couldn't we have it at something more sensible, like perhaps a thousand? There wouldn't be very many people eligible to vote then. Well, yes, just the people who matter. I don't think having money is what makes people matter. No, 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 of course not. That's blood. That's not how this new government works. Well, the you will end up with a lot more trusted leaders if you let more people have the vote and the thing is if noble blood really does mean this much then it will speak for itself and people will vote for you depends how much confidence you have in your own people roll a persuasion check oh god where's my d4 gone (laughs) oh no oh it's a one it's a one kill me Oh, okay. it's a fuck on the fuck. I need to throw the fuck dice away today. No, you do not. Duchess. Seriously, though, how many ones have we rolled tonight? This is getting like, ridiculous. So I've rolled two. Like, it really crucial I've rolled moments. three. Duchess de Salier seems rather offended. Well, 
I hardly think. <laughs> oh, come now, Catherine. There's no need to get all head up. Um, I trust your people to be voted. On the subject of the law, yes, yes. Well, you know how these things are. Yes, of course, uh, people should be um, absolutely held accountable for their actions. Of course, you know, sometimes a fellow gets a bit uh, rat-arsed after a few casks and maybe involves himself in a few indiscretions and sometimes it's important for, 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 a, for, for, for a fellow or lady's reputation for these things not to get too out of hand. You know, we've always had understandings with the uh, with the constabulary in these matters. Uh, perhaps if we could receive some assurance that these, these sorts of understandings can uh, continue and that things don't need necessarily go as far as the magistrate for small little indiscretions like that. Well, I'm sure people would like assurances that the nobility weren't committing crimes. Exactly. But here we are. I'm sure some form of anonymity can be managed while they're being handled, but they will be handled by the courts. Anonymity seems perfectly reasonable. That would preserve one's reputation, would it not? And most of the nobility would have powers to buy themselves out of most bad situations. Bail does exist, after all. And if they are such minor indiscretions, I'm sure they're nothing that your lawyers can't sort out. Yes, it's minor indiscretions that bail exists for as a concept. And as you yourself more or less said, money does talk. Yes, and you're quite respectable people. I don't imagine you're doing anything too terrible. No. I will clarify for listeners that uh, bail is a pro- bail it simply allows you to uh, spend your time before trial uh, at liberty if you paid it to the court. It's not a get out of jail. Oh, free can thing. I? Can what we, do you mean? Of, I'm, I'm meaning fines? fines. Could we? I'm, that's an Ellie mistake. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's could Hollywood rec- bail. Is could how we retcon that? But we'll retcon it. This is that all right? Because Celestia yeah, would know that. No, I'm a fine. bit useless, but Celestia would totally yeah. know. Sorry, this is just just to avert the Hollywood bail. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. fair. Because uh, that's not actually <laughs> how bail works. Uh, also, at the moment, um, it's an uncomfortable situation, but Sewell needs money, and they're going to be fining people over, you know, doing long prison sentences for which the state will have to pay. Well, perhaps a well, um, perhaps um, a statutory requirement that in line with any crimes or indiscretions that might occur a monetary fee might be levied in place of jail or other punishments I think up to a certain point fines already exist for certain crimes yeah but the thing is you know, if you've killed 12 people, that's not a finable offence, No, it? absolutely not. There are lines, but... But this is all stuff that would be decided by an assembly on which you could be in a member. Yes. But, but we'd be willing to offer anonymity and potential monetary things. No. Yes, but um, since we are discussing things here, and it does have to go in... Uh, 
then... Uh, you can't do anything and get away with paying a fine. You can get away with a fair scope of stuff and pay a fine, but actual humanitarian offences will earn you jail time like everybody else. But for the whole trial process, you will be anonymous. We will make sure your reputation remains unscathed unless you are found guilty of something very, very bad. And we can assure you that the trial will be fair. Mm. But um, if they are, as you say, small offences, this shouldn't be a problem. Yes. Well, how about we set that that boundary at which fines are no longer as an option? It, you said murder? Fine. Let's say that if it's less than murder, the courts have the power to set a fine instead. Murder no. or hurting people. Things like forgery. Okay, it's awful, but if you've hurt people, you've hurt people and you'll be punished like anyone else. Well... If you've tortured somebody, we're not going to fine you, we're going to put you in prison. Make a persuasion check. Oh, hun. Fourteen. Uh, plus plus four. Plus four. <laughs> oh, eighteen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I moved some spells around just so you know earlier on. Just Let's... So, as well. <laughs> okay. Um, how about we draw the line at Grievous Bodily Harm? I look at the other two. That's something at least. Um, can I also put out that I don't not to offend anyone here, but since we're drawing lines, I don't believe anyone here would be involved in such a thing. But create like well, I'm kind of what's the word? Creation of false currency, money forgery. What's the word for that? Someone in my brain. Larceny. No. Counterfeiting. No. Counterfeiting. Thank you. Counterfeiting right. is treason. You never had, I understand your kind don't have educations. Thank you, but counterfeiting should always be seen as treason because it destroys an economy and a country, and oh, that should right. never be something you can get out of with money. Actually, perhaps treason should be up there. If we're saying saying counterfeiting is a form of treason, treason, treason is a line. That seems fair if we're all agreeing to the new government. It is already what um, many people have been justly charged with. People haven't been charged yet. There are still trials to be committed. Mm. There's something to do. I think Hmm. There's the Duchess de Salier is looking a little curiously at Scamp. Scamp alone, please make a persuasion check. <laughs> oh no. You've got inspiration, hun. I do, yeah. don't I? Um, I'm going to use the inspiration because that's currently a 13. Uh, so that's now another 18. I say, impressive. Impressive. What impressive? I apologise, but I've seen what happens when when currency collapses. People starve. Ooh. Well, I never. Hmm. Pearls amongst swine, or however it is that, uh, that saying goes. <laughs> there are so many things I want to say that would just be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Celestia says nothing. <laughs> like, she doesn't trust herself. Well, um... What about these uh, 
foolish notion that people are allowed to, to just run off from their obligations uh, in tending the fields and go fritter away their lives in the cities. That is not negotiable. Well, who's going to work the farms? People you pay. We paid the people before. People who choose to be there that you pay. That's non-negotiable. Plus, the people who uh, you pay and who want to be there are going to do a better job anyway. Yeah, your economy will grow. And now times are hard. People will take a job. Yes, lots of people need jobs. You could help each other. That might even be what you might consider to be some of your charitable um, obligations, serving the public good, providing yes. jobs for people. Make being on your land a, like a decent option, provide education. Option. Yeah, good housing at reasonable rates, education for people who need it. Quite right. That way your charitable work could actually be right providing your workers. You could be and getting shall... tax exemptions by serving your own business. And you shall serve an immeasurable benefit to society in general. Really? Education? Education is what got us into the... At this point, Duchess Lucetta raises a finger and Duchess Catherine quietens down. She looks down at me. There are many of us who are perhaps not as fearful that people would leave their lands. However, there are other matters to concern ourselves. The mo- First of all, let us speak of those who have been unjustly imprisoned by the National Assembly. There are a number of individuals, members of the nobility, who have been imprisoned by the Assembly, who have had their lands seized, their wealth stolen. You tell me that we must all sacrifice for this nation, but they received no choice for that sacrifice. And we wish to correct that. We acknowledge that that was wrong. The assembly went too far on the nobility and the church. That's why we are trying to find a middle ground, because yes, in this time in Seoul everybody must suffer, but some people were hit harder than others and we are trying to correct that balance. That is why we are going to make sure that there are fair trials, that there is opportunity for the wealth to be reinstated, for the people who deserve it, for the people who are innocent. But isn't the seizing of assets a punishment for criminal offences anyway? Indeed. But those assets have been seized before the charges have been investigated in trial. Yes, for which again, we apologise and we acknowledge that it was too far, and we wish to correct that balance. These people who have been captured, perhaps some of them 
maybe found responsible for acts which could be considered treason. But some of those may simply be the result of loyalty and not respecting the authority of a government which founded itself in spite of the legitimate ruler's wishes. While they are held in assembly prisons, there are few assurances that they will not be summarily executed at the whim of demagogues. We can assure you that with this peace treaty we will ensure that that will not happen. That will be part of the agreement. And anyone who breaks the treaty after it is signed will suffer the consequences accordingly. Um, Fines, we were thinking. Anybody who breaks the treaty will be fined. That includes our side as well as yours. That seems only fair. Would you be willing to confirm the release of a certain percentage of those currently captured? That depends on the percentage. And under what terms? Before the... Is this... Are you saying that they shouldn't stand trial? If charges have been levied by a legitimate government, then a trial should be stood. But as it stands, all of the northern nobility of this nation are held in a death grip. As it stands, the king, who, although legitimate leader, has committed many crimes himself if he is found guilty, as it stands, if the king is found guilty, there will be a new legitimate royal in government. Would that be enough for you to make it legitimate in your eyes? And a church representative, an army representative, we would make sure that everybody in this room has a voice. I would imagine a lot of your people will be involved as well. There's the potential for as many uh, representatives from the nobility as can get elected, which would be... A loss, I'd imagine. As she's previously stated, rather high. You could... She raises her hand again. On that subject. I will speak on this, but there's another matter regarding the members of the northern nobility, which is their lands. These lands, you you say, have been illegally seized. Now, it seems that those who are convicted, you say, those holdings will stay gone? Yes. Those who are not, will they have their lands returned? Yes. Yes. What will you do if those lands have already been sold? Well... You might notice that a lot of this agreement is fines. It's the plan where for a lot of the fines go. Where possible, the land will be bought back. If it is not possible, money recompensation. Recompensation? Compensation. 
compensation will be offered in place. Hmm. She seems to think on this. We want to make sure it's as fair as possible. We don't fight for fairness just for us, we fight for fairness for everybody. And it will depend on who is found not guilty of treason. Yes. And I think and it's probably fair to say that we should not hold loyalty to the previous regime while they were in power as treason. No. That yes. is not the crime. But if they are found guilty of other crimes under the law... Of actively opposing, ha- yes. Then I will make this suggestion. Mm-hmm. That these trials of treason be composed of a panel of judges, of which half will come from these representatives from the south, mm-hmm. and half will come from the north. Um. Out of character, I feel like I'm missing a reference here. Is she saying that she wants half to be assembly and half to be nobility? Is Basically, that the implication? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought right. so, no, yeah, but I just wanted to. No, check. it's a good thing to clarify. Um, and we'll that... require a majority decision of the judges. With the precy that all of the judges are impartial. Nobody is connected to the family. Nobody has personal ties. You could imagine that would create biases. Or personal vendettas. Or personal vendettas. This works both ways. Yes. Hmm. The judges must be unconnected personally to those involved. Very well, then. Also, another suggestion um, would be there are, in this proposed new government, I look at the representatives from the church and... Mm. um, the general as well. There will be representatives within uh, the court and the judges from everyone. So we can make sure there's a church representative, a military representative and a nobility and some people from the assembly as well. We could make it probably equal. Half and half, as you say. She inclines her head. This... That seems Seems to be the most impartial. Understand. I seek what is best for my people. As do we. Yes. I hope we can come to some arrangement. We would like the fighting to stop. We're losing countless people as we speak. I think we can both agree that the conflict continuing serves nobody. You, she gestures to Cousin, mentioned before, you raised the topic, the responsibility of rule. It has long been the case, even before this, that there have been tensions between the central government and the provincial governments of Seoul. The crown, when that was the central power of choice, 
would often seek to interfere with laws or decrees in the running of this more uh, autonomous sections of state. These autonomy for the different domains of Sul has been long fought for and hard to preserve. I would insist upon an assurance within this treaty that there will be legal restrictions upon the ability of central government to impose new laws, decrees, and edicts upon regional governments without their assent. Are you asking for a local assembly? Ah, rather, I am asking that the governors of local regions must us have a must assent to national laws for them to be new national laws passed in future for them to be effective within the area and to have lassitude in how they govern their regions. So central government can be slow to respond or entrenched in bureaucracy. I suggest that if you completely strip the power of the central government to make laws over anyone else, that is completely pointless having a central government. What I suggest is somewhere in between. Um, how about every, every regional government they have a representative at the assembly. If you are a part of the assembly, you can have more of an influence on the laws that they make that affect you. Yeah. Therefore, they would all have a say. A guaranteed seat for each region. Yes. That would seem only fair. That way the whole of Seoul is represented properly. But there will still be a central government, which is the whole point of this. Without it, you might as well declare independence. Yeah, you might as well split the whole of Seoul up, and I think Seoul splitting might be a lot of the problem that we have. Look at the military, they're in half. Then let us look the other way. Let us, I would instead say, powers for regional governors to issue their own edicts. Within the assembly, to be put forth to everyone? Yes. But if you want regional government governance to have a say over the laws of laws of their state, it works both ways. But this has to be a give and have, take. You could have a local group of elected officials who decide where money for, from taxes goes for this region, how it's distributed. That seems fair. Things within like that. the realms of the law. Then, let us say... But I think 
your council representatives within the assembly from each state, yes, they can have the right to put forth propositions for new laws. That would seem only fair. Then, what about this? A guarantee that a certain proportion, let us say 50% of the tax income from a region will be accorded to that region for its expenditure. For its own uses. Indeed. At the discretion of that local government. 50-50. That sounds very reasonable. But perhaps this is something that should be monitored. Like, there would need to be proof that it was being used for the good of the community and not for potentially corrupt individuals. N- not here, of course, but elsewhere. I don't know what the ruling classes are like. They Yes, and there will, of course, be the encouragement that is... if people do... I need to finish my sentence because otherwise you're going to throw me. There will, of course, be assurance that if people do use um, some of the money for charitable work and the good of the people, there will, of course, be those tax exemptions we were mentioning. Yes, you do go back to those. There's a moment when uh, Scamp mentions, I'm sure I don't know anyone who'd be corrupt, where um, <laughs> Duchess, where the Duchess Lucetta just sort of gives side-eye straight to the Comte de Benamont. <laughs> 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 um, just for an instant before looking back. So, some autonomy preserved. Yes. But not what it was. It can't be what it was. Otherwise nothing's happened. The war will start again. Also, that particular genie is well and truly out of the bottle now, as I'm sure you can all appreciate. Hmm. The Duchess looks to the others. Your thoughts, Comte de Benemont? Well, I suppose it's a deal. Not the best one, but there is a lot going on. Not quite sure myself. It certainly does mean there will be a number of changes from the old ways. There are changes for everyone. She looks to Duchess de Salier. Hmm. Well, as long as we're still us, I think that's the important thing. There's no talk of stripping titles, and I am rather taken with this intelligent little scamp here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. I'm just having a moment. Carry on. She <laughs> looks over to the clergy. Cardinal Victory just gives a slight incline of the head. Over to General Marie. I think we've got a lot of. I think we've got trouble that's going to be coming from beyond, Your Grace. And this may well be a time for the country to pull together. The Duchess 
puts her fingers together for a moment, looks from the th between the three of you, Scamp, to Corzin, to Celestia. Okay, I'm gonna add these up, Celestia. Mm -hmm. Make a persuasion check. Oh God, help! Oh, where's my D four gone? <laughs> um. Yeah, okay. And that is a nineteen plus one <laughs> twenty. <laughs> Can I um wink over at Scamp and give him inspiration, please? Would that be all right? Yeah. This is. Give me a minute. I've got a decent addition here. It's a dirty 20. I've got. And causing you've still got inspiration as well, don't forget. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask about that, actually. I don't think it's um, been 10 minutes, has it? Or has it? Because I will give him the It's know. not been 10 minutes. Cool. Okay. The just shakes her head slightly. On these terms, a ceasefire might be possible. But I think there must be further concessions for us to reach a true agreement. She thinks for a moment. There are some things on which you will not move. I can see this. But I do not think that I could pull the rest of the aristocracy in line with this with what you have offered. So, let me some suggest some changes. We can talk. She nods. The lamb, first of all, the lamb seized by the, from the northern nobility. Under traditional rules, those found guilty of treason would be executed, but unless they were attainted specifically, their lambs would still pass back to their heirs. If you could guarantee instead an assurance that all of the lands of the nobility will be bought back and restored over time to the even to the heirs ultimately of those who might be found guilty of treason that might go halfway towards what we need to do what about a similar arrangement to the church They can be bought back with taxes. 
Yes, under normal rule, this would not be right, but this is not a normal situation. And also, in this arrangement, Saul is bankrupt. We can't magically buy back all the lands that have been sold. But over time... Over time, yeah. yes. How much time would you be willing to accept? Make another persuasion check. This doesn't affect the the main treaty. The the t- the, the distance has now been set for that. Just affects how how far she's going. Um, to who? Uh, I think you've taken the lead on this, Celestia. Cool. Uh, Scamp is assisting, so I'll give you advantage. Oh, I'm so badly. That's an eighteen. With advantage. Oh, with with advantage. Sorry, let me do advantage. Oh, good. Okay, that's a twenty-four. Let us say then along the same. I would be willing to accept along the same terms as the church, 20 years. Okay. That seems reasonable. Can we say any nobility who do not have heirs who are found guilty, we don't reinstate their lands? She inclines her head. Okay, so it's gone part of the way. So then, there are other matters then. Iggs, let us see. The matter of autonomy of regional government. Mm-hmm. Let me think. I think that more autonomy would be required. With respect, I think 50-50 is pretty good. Mm. Everybody's got to make sacrifices. We're making them too. We don't want a lot of this stuff. As I'm sure your generals have reminded you, because it can scarcely have uh, escaped their notice, the longer that this uh, conflict continues, the weaker Sewell will get and the more um, at risk of outside invasion they become. Also, if we go... Your city is already under attack. I'm not sure... You must be aware. Your city is currently under attack by the Ebon Guard. Yes. They have turned on you. Turned on me. That is a bold claim. One of their number has been working as an assassin. Yes, have you heard about the Wraith? I've already stood in front of, uh, in a zone of truth and professes in front of your general, but the Wraith is a drow from the Rothnall family by name of Adrian. Quilena, the Lady Quilena, Rothnall, um, who has been working with you as a liaison for the Underdark. I believe she's quite a good friend of one of yours. I nod at the Duchess. Same family. They've been playing both sides off against each other. She looks to... They're wanting to... I mean, my guess, this is a guess, but my guess, knowing that family, would be they're trying to create a market for the Ebengard. The Ebengard were disgraced with the matter at the Kings, and um, they're wanting to put them back in good standing, so they're trying to make the conflict go on for longer. If you look at what they're doing right now, you will see that that is the case. Quilena is currently hurting innocent people. As are the Avangard. 
She frowns a little, looks to uh, General Honore. I would be willing to uh, cast a Zone of Truth again she if holds you up doubt any of this. Looks to the General. I'd say, based on my own investigations of what I've been able to find out in the last hour, I can't speak for everything they're saying, but they have said a lot of this in a zone of truth. They don't certainly believe it, and there are maybe some indications. I would be willing to scry on Adrian for you, if you would like a more precise location, because I would imagine he's probably got wind of this and is running away. The Duchess states, we have our own people. I would imagine you did, I just thought it was nice to offer. Hmm. Although, now that the matter has been called to my attention, you see her draw a semicircle in the air with her hand. I can give you a physical description if that would help you. Then twists it to the side. Mum just quietly intones a few syllables. And her eyes flash for a moment. She looks around the room. Nothing beyond some interesting items you are carrying. But none of us appear to be under any magical effects to swear minds. Good. There's no sign of a spirit around her. She just appears to be trained as a matron. She inclines her head a little. Then looks down for a moment at the two members of the Ebon Guard nearby. Then calls out to the soldiers. Escort the two members of the Ebon Guard here to a secure position. The two, the two elven women look up. Until I can confirm this matter, if you would please. There's a tense moment. Before the members, before the two draw their blades, hold them out, and pass them to the soldiers who gather up around them. They watch as they are escorted from the room by about half of the uh, guards. You want to watch out, they'll have things concealed on them. Not that you wouldn't check, but um, just so that you're aware. Very well. I thank you for this information. But even so, if you wish peace and reconciliation, there must be other concessions. What do you want? It is not always what I... She half says under her breath, it is not always what I want. 
but what I need to be able to work with. Very well. I would remind you we've given you a lot already. And I would remind you that while you may have done so, you are giving back things you have taken. I incline my head. So. It would go a step further if the members of the nobility currently imprisoned in the prisons in the north were all released to still face trial but given their liberty while awaiting trial. Released upon bail. And the if money they has flee, to come their assets from somewhere. Are seized. Yes. Those are acceptable terms. I am sure that. We can assent to that. Within our number, she looks down at uh, the Comte and their other Duchess. The Duchess inclines her head, the Comte rolls his eyes. And I suppose I can find the money from somewhere. We will be able to provide this ransom. So just making a note of that. Bail. I'm going to have to listen back to this and make so many notes. I can't write it all down <laughs> in the moment. It's all right. I'm, like, making, oh I'm making notes as we go. Yeah. One more thing then. Restriction on the movement of people. I sense for you that this is an unnegotiable matter. You mean the serfdom? Yes. No. Very well. People deserve to be free. Also, we've, pro- we've proposed perfectly good options for you to have workers. And they will work better when they are free. Yes. When it is not their obligation to be there, but their earnest desire. A country of traumatised people does not work. We see a lot they of it. Under- we see a lot of it underground. It it doesn't work. The Comte de Benamont raises a hand. You know, maybe there's. Maybe, maybe this requires a bit of a gentle touch. Would you mind if I took um, some of these people to the one side and had a few words, if we couldn't work out an arrangement? You can say everything out here. Are you quite sure you wouldn't want a bit of an arrangement? Yes, I'm quite sure serfdom is not being reinstated. Oh, no, 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 not relating to that. Just a small personal matter. I'm sure of, uh, that we could help uh, make things move a little more, bit more smoothly. What would the personal matter be? Well, I mean, if you'd be happy to just uh, come over here with me to the one, quarter, to one corner and we could just have a quiet chat about that. What on earth is it that you can't say in front of everyone? We're negotiating a peace treaty. Everything should be fairly transparent. 
If it's a personal matter, <laughs> then how is it really relevant to... Well, all I'm saying is, of course, I have a certain amount of sway with the other members of the nobility, and we are going to have to sell this to the others, so... So if... you've broken laws and you'd like us to make exemptions for you? Well, I can tell you're not. You're certainly not going to be entertaining people to work with. Well, I offered. Nearly in smoke. Okay. We've talked. Not going to take a bribe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you surprised? <laughs> that was going to work, hun. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Figured it was worth a chance. He didn't know it wasn't going to work. He didn't know it wasn't going to work. Bless him for trying. (laughs) Can't really read a room. I smile sweetly at him. The Duchess speaks up. Uh, the Duchess Salier speaks up. Well, it, it seems a bit odd to me. You know, you've you've offered those nice people from the church and those rugged sorts of people from the military a guaranteed seats. I think it would only be reasonable for a ministry position to be guaranteed that it could be voted on by those of you know the old bloodlines. I look over at the other two. There's nothing to prevent you from voting, but it would not be exclusive to you. Yes, and you would already the, have uh, the so government much of Sewell, influence. I mean, people like you are bound to get in. The <laughs> government of Seoul has to have a, uh, a a government that represents all the people of Seoul. Yes, and... Does it not? Most of that government, I would imagine, would be made up of nobles anyway. You're the sorts you of people that are educated enough and have enough influence for people to want to vote for you. Peasants aren't going to get in. We've also guaranteed you a seat, at least one seat for this region. Do you not think that you are clearly the best choices for this region? Who else would they vote for? Huh. Roll a flattery check. <laughs> Roll a <laughs> brazen flattery who? check. Who is persuasion. that? Who is rolling that? Can, uh, is that me? Can I, was, I think it's going to be you. <laughs> That all conglomerately or what? It's all conglomerately, but I think Celestia will lead this one. Natural fucking 20, you little shit. Oh, (laughs) yes. 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 33. Ah. You know, well, you know, I think they do certainly seem to be able to show respect where respect is due. I, for my part, feel confident that I can thoroughly endorse this, uh, uh, this measure. Hmm. Duchess Devon sort of <laughs> looks down to the Comte, who shrugs his shoulders, tilts her head. Well, with uh, that level of support. From where I'm looking, um, it's most of the people in this room. It is the people out of this room we must convince as well. But. For me, that seems enough that we may be able to work. Very well. She looks over to a corner of the room where 
sort of not really noticed by this point. There is a gray, sort of gray-faced, gray-dressed woman uh, who has been busy scribbling this whole time. Mm. And uh, just furiously writing away and then brings out, finally uh, brings out a treaty. Uh, as well as two uh, sheets of, uh, uh, two other sheets of paper in which you can see uh, she's she's basically prepared this in triplicate. So, I've got, so, your grace, it looks like we've, uh, the following terms are here on this treaty. Um, and she kind of goes over the terms of the, of the treaty that have been agreed. <laughs> yeah, you guys have all, I got this written down, you guys have got this written down, so I'm not going to go over the things. And the listeners have heard it. You've heard it, you know. I'm not going to re-summarize yeah. everything. That's fine. So, um, oh, uh, in which case, uh, if I could have uh, all of you to uh, sign the bottom, please. Um, out of character, are we authorised to sign one? Or uh, do we need to get it signed by Jean-Paul Savat? Because I, I thought it was that, but I'm oh, not no, no. sure. She's, she's not addressing you. Oh, okay, but like, cool. Well, <laughs> that's fine. No, no, no. But we she, need to take it to him and yeah, get it signed. You need to get the assembly yeah. to then ratify it. But mm. it gets all but of it's all But it's signed by them. Yeah. Cool. And so one by one they take the pen and <laughs> scribble down their signatures before keeping one copy for themselves and passing you two more. Thank you. Um, we will, of course, need to get this ratified by the Assembly. We are representatives. But we will send word as soon as we can. Of course. The Duchess inclines her head. Incline mine back. And uh, the valet moves to open the door. Oh, I leave. I bow one more time and then go. Yeah. Claws and bows as well. Yeah, I'm gonna try and bow properly this time. <laughs> uh, Fourteen. Hey. Do you want me to roll a performance check again? <laughs> you didn't fall on your face last time. I think you're probably all right. True, yeah. I just unbalanced. <laughs> and as you step out, uh, you make yourselves. Uh, you head, you step out onto these uh, uh, back into the main tr- uh, atrium. Then, uh, escort, uh, then out onto the drawbridge and from here atop the hill you look down and treaty ink still drying in your hands you can see that the east, that the east end of Vondion is in several places in flames and a troop of black armoured soldiers are making their way back up towards the castle. Can we please go now? Yeah, and let's go. And we're going to pick up from there, I think, because I know and the only reason we're going to pick up from there is it's, I'm looking at the time we are nearly out. Because cool. there is, because it's not just them, because Stadnik's striding up at their head. Red dress grinning uh, uh, slightly wild, at this moment slightly wild eyes and red whip at her side is a figure who goes well 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 if it isn't my dear old sister hello 
Can't say I've missed you. Don't worry. We'll have plenty of time to get reacquainted. Dimension door! Fucking dimension door! And we're going to pick up from there <laughs> next time. Oh, you... Thank you all very much for playing. Thank you all very much for listening. But farewell from all of us here at Flintlocks and Fireballs. Fair seas and natural twenties. We set a wolf upon the down To draw my sister out to town And though peace stands on the dice toss There are some lines we'll never cross so gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No cracking storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear.